had the visual of Plankton from Spongebob going, not when I shift into maximum overdrive, and then he pulls the lever, and just the Edean gauge noise is like, <laughs> So you're telling me that you're going to edit that sometime? God, no. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Metrospective, the mecha podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boyna Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin. Hey, we made it. We're we, back. We made it. Oh, we we're haven't. Back. We're not there yet, but we're getting there. I mean, we're well. We we've we're, we're we're mostly there. As as far as the as far as whatever uh studio, I guess it would have been. What did you say? It was Bandai? Sunrise. It's just Sunrise at sunrise. this point. Um, as far as Sunrise wanted us to get away with, we we made it. This should have been the end. <laughs> I think they were still called Nihon Sunrise. Because then I think they, I think sometime around like the '80s, they just they went from Nihon Sunrise to just Sunrise, and now they're Bandai Sunrise because they merged with Bandai. Which is also why Namco makes all the Gundam games now. For better or worse. Uh, not sure. <laughs> all I know about Gundam games is most of them are bad. Uh yeah, most of them are bad. There's a couple really good ones. Uh, like. The, all the Gundam strategy games are pretty good, like mm. the turn-based strategy ones that are kind of... Like the G, um, SD Gundam G-Generation, that whole franchise is essentially Super Robot Wars, but just Gundam. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're talking about Edeon. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about... We're talking about a much less... A much less beloved uh, property, unfortunately. A much less... Unfortunately, and uh, a series that's much beloved to us now, I think. I've, I have I always thought, like, when my, my takeaway now that I've rewatched Edeon, because I, I, I only had seen Edeon one time before, but I'd rewatched A Contact and Be Invoked many times. Because mm-hmm. it's also way easier to rewatch, you know, two films as opposed to, like, 39 episodes of a television series. Not, not disparaging the television series at all. Um, and so... From my perspective now, well, my original perspective for context was the show's pretty good, show's okay, had some low points, but the movies were really where it was at. To me, now I I, I can't I either didn't remember enough of the show or like Votoms just didn't appreciate it when I was like seventeen. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, damn, Edeon is good. It has a really rough start, but by the time you get to like at least the halfway mark of the show, the quality's already drastically better than ever. I'd say every episode, nearly every episode. Yeah. Until they get to, like, Carl with Kitty Kitten and all that. That's when the show really kind of hits the next level. Then, by the time we're getting into, like, the, you know, episodes, like, 30 to 39, the show is just completely elevated. This, I, I think this show... And Be Invoked is still, like, even better. I can't wait. This show has, this show has such a, like... You know, a, a lot of older, a lot of older anime or just clunkier written shows in general have like, especially when they have to be like roughly episodic, even if there is an overarching thing. Like, there will be really good moments, like high points, but then generally speaking, the next episode could be 
what could be completely just a shit show because it's like oh this had a different writer and they don't reference anything good that happened before it at all because it's another episodic thing Ideon once once you hit one of the several like oh this is the show now points that is the show now that's it stays that that way and then it just improves (laughs) Like, like, I'd say the first time, like, because, the, like, there's there's very specific, like, moments in the show, and I've tried to pick two of them to be where we would, because this was harder to divvy up, like, to chop up mm-hmm. than, uh, than, like, Votoms was, because Votoms has such clearly laid out arcs. Honestly, the, the, the show that this, the show that we're going to start, the episode that we're going to start with on this podcast, I was watching it thinking this could have also worked as the last episode of of the of, of 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 the episode two we recorded, but I it doesn't matter because they're both great. I thought I just thought ending on the whole thing like I, I asked you that because I watched up to twenty eight, but I was like, we should we stick because I was I was debating twenty six because that ends with the whole the whole kitty kitten storyline, and then we'd start with them going to the moon and Earth, which is where we we start here. We we have the the moon arc and the Earth arc because like it's. We're, we're like the sh- I would say this show does have arcs. Like you could you could say episodes like one through thirteen are kind of or like one through seven is like the solo arc, and then they have like like getting off of planet solo. Yeah, like then they arc. have then they have like you know the Harulu arc where it's from like uh, up to when you know they fight again up to when they fight off Harulu, and then Dar then you have like the Daram arc, which concludes in this early in these couple early episodes. Where you know GJ and Gar Daron come back, they the Ome Foundation makes their appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, from what we've seen of the show and like of the Ome Foundation, it seems that Tomino had like bigger aspirations to go into like buff clan politics. But because the show got canceled, um, as we'll, as it's if you were watching along with us, episode thirty nine is a pretty clear indication that the show was canceled. Which is sad because it was canceled at a pretty fucking high mark. Yeah, I do get. I I do think that. I I do think that like the the rough start just wouldn't have, the like the like the the rough start didn't. Like like no matter how good the show is, especially back especially back then when pretty much everything probably had to rely on word of mouth if you weren't an immediate hit, like that wasn't happening, like. We were already like a me like we were we're about like well actually that probably was around the time I'm I'm, I'm gonna try to consult my fucking ridiculous timeline uh, but actually I think I, I, I it cuts off at the end of the seventies I don't know if I went any further oh no I no I did okay so fucking this is what Edeon had to fucking compete with compete against because uh, like actually not a whole well yeah there was there was there was a new um. Around the time Edeon was airing, we have uh, Baldios, we have Trader G7, uh, God Trader Sig- G7 was just a big hit. Yeah, God Sigma, and then there That's was- That's a Gonagai one. In that, uh, th- in October of 1980, like a couple months into Edeon's run, a new, a new Astro Boy and a new Tetsujin dropped. And you could always tune into the, like the five the like what I think it was like a four year run of uh, Lupin the Third Part Two, <laughs> like like Red Jacket Lupin went from like seventy seven to like eighty one I think. Yeah, I did not know that because we only got, we only got the a dub of like the first twenty four episodes or some shit like that. Yeah, 
they only dubbed like the early like the early the late 70s bits but yeah then they have a new open they have a different opening like every year i think there's five openings for lupon it's they're all dope my favorite one is the 1980 version mm. but uh because it's all like a different you know rendition of the lupon theme some are more jazzy some are more like piano one of them has vocals it's cool so um i because like once again i i don't know if this show got canceled because people were watching something else like two other shows we're going to cover on this uh on this podcast not this episode uh going forward like uh spt blue comet Lazner, kind of the follow-up to votoms Mm. is uh that was airing right on a different channel in the same time slot as zeta gundam Ah. so it was either like if and like as good as Lazner looks and that from what i've seen i watched the first couple episodes and as good as Lazner is Mm -hmm. also Lazner was a controversial series because of some of its themes and content that a lot of the japanese government didn't like great the show is very the show is very anti-japanese also can, can i just say though what a fantastic problem to have. Oh no, there's there's too many there's too many mecha anime out there, Devin. There's too yeah. many to watch. Oh my god. I can't hold well, all these then, robots. Is, well, I mean that's kind of a that kinda of is a problem. Like too, it was. imagine yeah. you can you like this is book these shows are not in syndication yet, so they're only airing new episodes every week. This is before you can tape stuff. This is before you can just, you know, TiVo stuff. So it's like you're either gonna watch, you're either gonna miss Zeta or you're gonna miss Lazner, and you gotta choose. Oh, I just noticed that. I just noticed that the Edeon movies premiered in the middle of Zabungle. Yeah, Tomi, um, yeah, Tomino was fucking working. I mean, yeah, I mean that Japanese work ethic. I'll, I'll say, I think that's why the anime industry exists. I'm shocked. I'm shocked he made it to eighty. I mean, he was making during the first uh, half of this show. He was making the Gundam, the second and third Gundam movies. Holy shit, you're right. So, like, he was doing that, too. Yeah, like, I mean, immediately those are sh- after, like, literally the month after, the month after Edeon gets canceled, the first Gundam movie premieres in theaters. Yeah, he's working on the Gundam movies. Damn. And those are all probably, they all probably went into production at the same time. And the first one was, mo- was I think, like, 95% stock footage. God. Whereas the second one is like about half, the second one is about like a third new footage and like Encounters in Space is almost completely reanimated. Can you imagine not even wrapping, probably not even having wrapped the, not even coming close to wrapping that trilogy yet, and then like, like you're still dealing with like the blowout of your show getting canceled, and you're like, okay, well I'll just fucking, I, I've got Zabungle in the works. I'll make Dunbine eventually. It's fine. I'll get over Edeon. And then someone's like, hey, do you want to make Edeon movies now? And he's just like, fucking, uh, I guess. <laughs> I, w- I wonder what Tomino thinks of Edeon, and I'm sure that exists somewhere. I'm sure the, if you I asked mean, him, like he his... would say, I had a good time working on it. It's a shame it got canceled. I have I've moved on to other things and then he cuz you made a, a joke or cigarette. You made a joke that one day we're going to we're going to get Tomino on this podcast <laughs> somehow and that or like I think he and like we're going to make him smoke weed but and I was I that's I was in, to that's think, in like, the alternate the... that's in the alternate universe where we're somehow like the we're somehow that universe's version of Joe Rogan where we're just way too famous for absolutely fucking nothing and we can get whoever we want on the show just because we we started doing podcasts at the way beginning. Yes, literally just because we had we could af- we could afford a microphone in the early 2000s and and that's why you're famous. And you hosted Fear Factor. You hosted Fear Factor and you like MMA. 
Yeah. That's that's you, we just sum, we just summed up all of Joe Rogan. His entire existence. Um yeah, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be a good I'm going to be a I'm going to be a nice lady and not bring up the failed the failed reboot of the man show he was in. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny because you actually did by doing that. <laughs> so uh, the question I would ask Tomino you know, if we ever had him on this show, and I would say like, out of all the shows that you made, because all of his shows do have not a clear message, but a distinct, you can get a distinctive feel of what Tomino's trying to say yeah, with he, each of his shows. He doesn't shows. make something without a theme in mind. He doesn't make something. And I would say like, out of all of your your whole ovure, your whole filmography, what do you think you succeeded the most in, in like in in terms of what, what do you think was thematically the most successful? And in terms of conveying what you wanted to convey. And the answer that you want him to say is Edeon be invoked. The answer, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know what I would, like, I know he's not going to say Victory Gundam, cause <laughs> I, but, like, I, I'm just curious as to what he would say, mm-hmm. because I'm like, would he, would he say something like Dunbine? Would he say something like Elgheim, even though he didn't write that? Mm-hmm. Or like, would he say Gundam? Would he say Zeta? Would he say Double Zeta? Would he say Charles Counterattack? So I'd be like, would he say fucking Zambot? <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be my favorite answer if he said Zambot. And Zambot's nowhere near as long as I thought. It's shorter than Edeon, so I'm like, we can do Zambot sometime soon. Yeah. Um, Get knock that out of the way. But you do fucking writing. <laughs> writing. I, I something tells me that I'd either really like writing or I would sleep through it. I can't tell. Hmm. So, what what did you think of these last three episodes? Because there's some things I wanted to bring up before we get into our big discussion. I fucking loved every like the bangers, just bangers, 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 bangers. The hits didn't stop, and they kept getting better. Um, and honestly, like, and we'll get to the ending, but like, I am. I'm so conflicted about that last episode because, like, yes, obviously it should have been at least three episodes, and they and they smashed it into one. But the way that they smashed it into one episode wasn't what I was expecting, and so it felt like I was watching amazing chunks of well, a movie that at the time didn't exist. Uh, you you essentially like the it, sum it's... the. The sum is less than its parts, as I guess is what I'm saying. It would be like you watched like the first fifth, like the first twenty minutes of Space Odyssey, and then somebody says, and then they went, they tried to go to Jupiter, computer killed everybody, and then the guy went beyond the singularity, and then Bowman went beyond the singularity, and and just like Edeon, there is a naked baby in space. And yeah, I got I got a lot of Space Odyssey from the uh, from this era, this side of um. Mm-hmm. Of of Edeon. Uh, just kind of like how we were getting Space Odyssey. I think Space Odyssey inspired a lot of anime directors. I think Space Odyssey inspired everything. I think Space Odyssey inspired science fiction. Yeah, I mean Space Odyssey. Like I, I did for a long time. I was of the I was of the, the Space Odyssey's okay. I guess like Space Odyssey's fine. And the parts of Hal are really cool. And then like two years ago, I was in New York with my ex. And we we were just looking for things to do, and every time we went, because New York is really close to Philadelphia, you can just take a twenty minute yeah. thing. So we would just spend, we would just take a, spend, stay in a hotel for the night, and because there's actually some really cheap hotels in New York, so we could just take a Greyhound for like fifteen bucks, spend and just hang out in New York for like two days, and then that following night we just go home. Nice. So we would just do that sometimes on like a weekend, but uh, so we would always, we would always see like a ton of movies. Like every night we'd go to like one of the many theater, one of the many independent theaters in New York, and see what they were showing. And uh, we went up to New York, I think, to go see some sort of performance. I forgot what it was that Victoria wanted to see. Mm. 
and I was looking for something to do the, the next day because I think we were staying for two days. Um, and I was like, holy shit, they're doing a midnight screening of Space Odyssey because Christopher Nolan had, I think, in an auction bought the uh, original negatives of 2001 a space odyssey yeah. and he wanted to release and he wanted to release a version that had no um no remastering it was 100% just the original negatives mm-hmm. it was like a demastered version and they were showing a showing of that cuz that and then that actually had a limited theatrical run across the country so we were like fuck yeah let's so we were in this beautiful antique theater and like i and it was like it was not packed, but it was a midnight screening. So there was like thirty people in there. This is gigantic, old school New York theater. That theater probably showed the original Space Odyssey when it when it probably. premiered. Probably, I forgot exactly what um, what theater it was, but we they showed Space Odyssey, and I remember I was like, oh oh, I get this movie now because every time I'd seen it, it was on like either a laptop or a small TV. No, you need Space Odyssey is a movie that you is like required to see in theaters. I would like with your to. complete undivided attention. Because honestly, that like, this, n- like now that I'm thinking about it, that might have been like in a very subtle way that I didn't notice. Like it wasn't some epiphany of just like oh my god, I understand film now. But I think that now that I'm thinking of it, because um you know back when back when Netflix was not the thing it is today um and it was earnestly just a place to rent movies um i when i got it i was like okay so now that i have all these movies i can just i can just get you know quote unquote the canon mailed to me and i watched a whole bunch of stuff that i had always heard about but i never saw I watched the original Twelve Angry Men. Great fucking movie. I, I watched. I, I saw that in a psychology class in high school. It's good. Um, I watched. It's you very know, good. The, the and the remake with Tony Danza. <laughs> wow, the first two like the first two Godzillas, the original King Kong, like fun, like cool stuff, cool shit, fun shit. That's um, how you found Gal Gadot, right? <laughs> is it? Oh yeah, yeah. I you did. I did get Gal Gadot mailed to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but uh. God, I can't believe you remember that and I didn't. Oh my God! Uh, no, because I just thought I just thought because like I would just pirate everything, but I always remember I was like, oh, I can send you a torrent for Gal Gadot if you want to watch it again. And you're like, no, I'll just get it from Netflix again. I love having discs mailed to me. And I, I just oh, that stuck I out did, to me in my I memory. If, mm, but um, so I remember watching that, and I definitely remember you know being like, this movie's this movie's super long, and the beginning with the. I remember just being like weirded out. I was just like that. That first segment, I was just like, "This is not, this is not what I thought this movie was gonna be." Um, but I think like it made me get it. I think you know, because I, I think at the back of my head, what I must have been thinking was like, "Well, everybody says this movie's good, so let me let me consider why these things I'm seeing are could be seen as good." Um, and so I think it just like sparked sparked the critique side of my brain. Uh, in a way that, like, few films were doing at that time in my life. Because, like, I'm easily distracted, but for some reason movie theaters just give me, like, uh, it's, oh, it's sure. exactly the right environment to just completely zero in in a film and just 100% ingrain myself into it. You're just clockwork it. oranging yourself on purpose. Well, I mean, like, that's the thing, is that seeing a film on TV and seeing a film in theaters are... I, every time I see a film in theaters, because I love going to screenings, like I saw Haosu in a couple weeks ago... Um, a screening of that. I'm always keep my eye out for like when movies I like are getting screened in Philly. Um, so I'll just kind of bop around. But every time I see one of my favorite movies in theaters, like I saw a race, a Racerhead, I appreciate on a whole nother level, and I already love that movie. Mm-hmm. So it's just something about the theater experience is very important. 
I agree. In terms of just having it big in front of you, completely uninterrupted with nothing else to look at. I agree. Which is why I think I like playing games in VR, despite not even doing VR stuff. You, oh, you, you, it's like that VR setup where it's like a, you're basically in a virtual fucking movie. Yeah, I play games like that a lot. That's neat. Like, I, well, no, not like I'm in a theater and it looks like a rendered theater no, where I'm all but alone. but in, ter- in terms of but, that, in terms of what you're looking at screen-wise. Yeah, one of my best game game experiences I ever played did was I I played through Silent Hill One again on an emulator, but with just in with surround sound in my Oculus with absolutely nothing else. The screen was just kind of panned in front of me, like in order to see like the corners of the screen, I had to move my head a little bit. That and it was so it was it was just Silent Hill and nothing else. Man, it was terrifying. Yeah, it was I, great. I was about to say. Uh, that's a little off topic, but it's important because that's the kind of mindset I would like to see be invoked in theaters. Oh, Holy I, shit, I would, I would love, love to see be invoked in theaters. I would love that. I hope one day I'm rich enough to have my own theater. Hell yeah. I would literally just, I would love just a tiny little, like, a, like, like the tiny little porn theaters and fucking, like, Taxi Driver when I'd show anime instead that, of, like, greasy 70s porn. Yeah, and, like, it's... You could you could totally have some some bleed over and show like some some hentai at three a.m. <laughs> I mean I'm sure like I'm sure I could find hentai that's just as gross as like late late like mid to late seventies porn they'd show in New York. Oh god! <coughs> like 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 if 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 you were a, a hypothetical person who just like bought because like back in the day like didn't didn't back in the day you would just buy you just by entry to the place and you could sit there theoretically forever yeah that was kind of just how they worked i think um and so like if someone were to theoretically do that they would just notice like the anime getting seedier and seedier as the sun goes down (laughs) (laughs) that's fun until like until it's like fucking until it's like they're half asleep and they just like they just like wake up in their seat and they're just looking at bible black (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so, uh, Ideon, uh, let's talk about GJ, because GJ is one of the big draws of this, uh, of these, of this chunk, because, uh, what do you think of GJ now? Because we spent the, we spent the first, like, two parts of Ideon doing nothing but, like, relentlessly shitting on GJ. Do you remember, I mean, I don't even know if you watched it, but are you aware of, uh, the old, uh, fucking man, the fact that I can call one of their Let's Plays old, the, the Game Grumps Let's Play of Shadow of the Colossus? I don't think I ever watched their Colossus one. Um, Danny played it. Uh, Aaron wanted him to to experience it. Uh, Good, because Shadow of the Colossus is a great game. And for the whole time, all Aaron would do during the travel segments to the next Colossus is go, man, isn't Aggro a great fucking horse? Don't you fucking <laughs> love Aggro? Aggro's so cool. Dan, don't you think Aggro's cool? And Dan's like, yeah, man. Oh, no, I, yeah, it's a really cool horse. Uh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Edeon did to me with GJ. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're just gonna go complete spoilers from here on before even before we get to our synopsis. So uh, if you, um, if you if, both haven't if, watched Edeon or played Shadow of the Colossus, do both. <laughs> So 
first of all, here's what you got to do. If you if you have if you haven't watched Edeon, please watch Edeon. If you haven't listened to our part one or part two, please listen to those. You can get fucking best climbing up the Edeon and stabbing the Ede gauge on its belt with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three, uh, please watch uh, Gundam 0079 if you haven't done that. If you haven't done that, I don't know what you're doing. And four, please watch Armored Trooper Votoms. <laughs> please watch Votoms. <laughs> Welcome to Metrospective, the mecha podcast where we tell you to watch Armored Trooper Votoms no matter what we're talking about. I'm Tooch. I'm definitely please watch please Armored Trooper Votoms. <laughs> you know what would be cool? If you watched Armature for Photons. <laughs> got a, and had a gun. And had a gun. I mean, Kiriko's got like a big fucking gun. There's so many guns in Votoms. That, that's like a gun. That's a gun show. It's fucking full of guns. <laughs> so many fucking guns. There's a lot of guns in this. But, uh, di- so was I right? I made a bet because I knew, I remembered that GJ dies in episode 38 and I actually was not prepared for how much his death would affect me yeah cause cause I was like I felt that I was like oh god damn I like GJ now <laughs> and it made and it made me like even Lin's death in episode 37 mm-hmm. um cause as they they become well and well and Moera but like we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to it in more detail but like I was just like man like I remember you made a cause I edit these so I, I you you made a comment in the part two where you're like I don't think I'm gonna feel anything for any of these people when they die and I and I'm like <laughs> oh man like I uh <laughs> dude you got some bad news I think you are <laughs> oh man that is that would have honestly been the best case scenario huh uh I cause I do think shit gets heavy shit gets heavy I do definitely still like fucking. EJ and um Cheryl? Cheryl. Yeah, well no, I was trying to think Your of... least your your least favorite characters. I honestly like the 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 deaths. It was less about like, oh my god, I'm so sad they're dead and more about just like the more people died, the more it was just like I I just became more and more just scared in like an entertained way for like what the fuck is gonna happen um just because it's like I around the time that um what's your old sister's name I I keep for Lynn Lynn, I knew it was an L um Lynn around the time Lynn died I just kept thinking like man imagine just being one of the normal ass fucking people who have to constantly be stuck on this ship and everybody is dying around you. Not on Moss, but it's like every fucking couple weeks somebody fucking dies. And half the time it's no one super important. What that could be you. That could be someone you love or care about. And you're stuck in this ship. You and they literally find out that <laughs> even if they wanted to get off and they could, the ship does not let them. Yeah. I think Edeon is a horror show. It is. It, because, like, Mike from Red Letter Media always makes the argument that the original Star Trek is a horror show, where the entire pl- plot is that, like, the universe is perfect and, like, the, the, like the human civilization is now perfect and great, so let's go explore where, there, where horrible things will happen to these people who are not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And the drama of the episode is how will we all not die? That That is pretty much most of the original Star Trek. And... And I feel like Edeon is that. Edeon has a, has a bit of a Star Trekky kind of feel, sure. but like in a much more pessimistic and like hopeless way. And I I realize I think I really like 
the the I like the the vibe and the the the, the tone of Ideon so much of just like group of desperate people who are trying to escape something that they probably can't. Yeah, I I it is just like the but, and whether they do or do not does not matter to me because I just like the vibe. Sure. It can end optimistically. It can end pessimistically. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, but th- like... I think it definitely tries to do both. <laughs> at least at the at least for the series is ending. The show is is just good. It's uh, the Ideon dis- itself displays powers that are like horrifying in terms of the sheer power it it, it contains that's at the helms of six people who kind of know what they're doing that's the thing like by the end by the end of this series i got just nervous anytime they got into the ideon because i'm just like what fu- they have no fucking idea like it, it's just becoming more and more clear to them that they have no fucking real they're the ideon's batteries essentially they're in there yeah. they're in there so the ide so the so ide can fucking I don't even fully understand, but it needs it needs people in there to feel things and use that for power. It's because because their pa- the, the 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 will of the Ide is like a such an, ex- an accelerated level of evolution that they can't feel emotion but need it. So it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship mm. of self perpet. That's at least how I under- how I interpreted it because it was you know you don't get much more in be invoked than we had than we got good. here good good fuck knowing shit knowing shit's for losers i don't want to know a goddamn thing about what's happening in this in this fucking show that's great because that's, I, cause that's I not can't tell. that's not the point i couldn't tell if you're being sarcastic or not no i mean it fuck <laughs> no good good because i'm like, completely on board with you there's, I was just I'm like is Tooch doing a, is she doing a bit or not I can't tell because I agree I mean I mean it's 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 the thing I go on about all the time of of just like of just like if you know for my money at least the the way I get entertainment from media and popular culture is like nar- narratives in in fiction is like if your main concern is whether or not everything fucking makes logical coherent sense heavy scare quotes because half the time people say something makes sense what they really mean is this is familiar to me and what i know of popular tropes that i agree with and have deemed and have deemed to quote unquote make sense um if that's your main priority if that's the first if if you do not engage with something because oh it doesn't make sense fucking we can't talk about so something bringing back a conversation we had before you watched Edeon, uh Do you think the Shin Getter could take on the Edeon? Because this is this is my giant robot brain talking of just wanting to see big giant robots it, destroy planets and fight each other. It really is a matter of fucking um, agility versus raw power. It, it it it's a good matchup. I think I would. I I earnestly I earnestly don't know. I earnestly don't know. Um, I, I would be I would be terrified to be in the same galaxy as that fight, though. Right. I think I just don't think Edeon. I don't think Edeon would be able to hit it. It's so fucking fast. It could do the Dragon Ball Z fucking like I move so fast you can't see me shit. And it's like yeah, Shingetter has Shingetter can like dematerialize can desolidify itself into like light particles. Shin, like Shingetter. Yeah, I, I think Shingetter just has a wider array and like Edeon. Edan's only saving grace is the is the fact that nothing 
nothing that actually exists canonically in its own universe can can stop it and even then it still gets fucked up that's the thing it can't dodge anything so as all you have to do is hit it enough to break down its barrier and like it, it like its fucking leg has fallen off before this thing gets fucked up <laughs> it's actually Leosh. not like if it weren't for the fact that it's powered by some unknown, ridiculous, semi-conscious god particle, then it would have it wouldn't have fucking got off a logo Dao. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I would I, give it to the Shinkatter. I think. I I, I think we would I all honestly, die in the I, process. Yeah, I would say Shingetter in the end, but it, I think it would come down to not even a material fight because I think just the very energies of Getter and Ide would be in conflict. They every time. I think, I think if, I think if the Edeon gun met a, f I think if the Edeon gun shot, shot a stone or sunshine, it would make a new universe. <laughs> So, just some Super Robot Wars uh, uh, side commentary I wanted to tell you. Always a pleasure. Uh, so, the way the Edeon... The Edeon in Super Robot Wars F Final is a little more balanced because in order to get the uh, Edeon gun and the Edeon sword attacks like available to use, the Ede gauge needs to be up. To get the Ede gauge up, you need to... You need to get the Edeon down to lower health, because then, you know, everyone's in danger, so then the Ede starts reacting to that. Um, but if it gets too low, without being destroyed, the Ede will just go crazy and then assume everything's a threat and then destroy everything on the screen, including your stuff. Great. Um, in Super Robot Wars Alpha, they, don't, they did away with that mechanic. After a certain point, around the point of episode 38, after Gij dies, the Edeon has infinite energy. Like, that means it, none of its attacks cost anything. Only missiles, which you can then reload by docking it with, like, the White Base or the Rock Hylum or the Solo Ship. Right. Or the Macross. You have so many ships in Alpha 3. Dock it on the Albion. Yeah, okay, you know what would be, you know what would be a good fight if the Edeon wasn't... Like God powered, uh, fucking the the Edeon and the fully transformed Macross. Yo, that's pretty much be invoked. I'm excited. Oh boy, because you saw Do Doba's big ass fucking huge fuck off tower ship. Oh yes. So, uh, look look forward to that. I just noticed the fucking Zacharello's goddamn fucking prison tattoo. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's so dumb. What the fuck was fucking MIP Industries fucking thinking when they built this goddamn thing? How do they do this and then come out with the Zagok? Talk about a glow up. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, oh, they were absorbed the... by they Anaheim absorbed them for the best. Capitalism so... you did a good job for that one moment. In Super Robot Wars, you got uh, map attacks, where, like, there are attacks that can target multiple uh, units on the map, as opposed to just a direct attack. The Edeon gun is a is a funnel shape, starting at the Edeon, that extends infinitely to the end of the map, going bigger and bigger and bigger, in like a big cone. That seems useful. Yeah, except if you got stuff in your way, and you can use it as many times as you want by the end of the game. It is the most overpowered shit in the world, to the point where a way, the way to make... 
Alpha 3 a lot harder is just don't use the Yideon. Like that's that like that's a section on the fucking speedrunning boards. It's just like eat like like no, any percent no Yideon. Any percent no Yideon. Just like how in um Super Robot Wars J, you can do an entire if you play your cards right, you can do an entire run where Lazner is so fast that not even the final boss without any buffs has like a zero percent chance to hit it. Good. Lazner is too fast. <laughs> Like that that's how you know you have a high level super is that Mazen Kaiser will get hit with a fight the final boss's attack and will just tank it and be like, Yeah, that was that ain't nothing. And then it, you know, you have like fully leveled up high new Gundam, max level Amaro, he shoots at it, twenty five percent chance to hit. <laughs> and, I, and you're like, I haven't even buffed yet. I love Super Robot Wars. Anywho, let's 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 dive into Edeon, because I we're dancing around a lot, but uh we, so we start with the uh, the Moonland. The so we actually we, for the first one we meet Doba, we meet Doba and Jinmu. Uh, Jinmu being the head of the Ome Foundation. That Daram and Gijay were working for, and he's conspiring with Doba to overthrow the Emperor, who we see for half a second in this <laughs> series. In this, in this series, in the whole fucking show. <laughs> we see him for like half a second. Uh, when I think that, 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 something tells me that was a bit of, like, an aborted story arc. Yeah. Where it was more like that, he, Tomi, I can tell Tomino wanted to go into, I like, Buff you, Planet if in we fighting. Got, if we got 50 episodes, they would have had a whole arc on Buff Planet. Yeah, I think they would have gone all the way to Buff Planet. Yeah. All the way to Buff Earth. <laughs> it's just Earth with huge biceps. Everybody's just fucking jacked. <laughs> Why are they the Buff Clan? Are they? Are they? Do they? Do they? Do they lift a lot? I would believe that. They have a whole fucking battalion of just like old ass people. Yeah. It's like they're. We, we get some. We get some colorful Buff Clan generals. In, we do. In the, at the end. I think they really were just like like again. Each one of these people was probably supposed to have like five episodes each, and then they got one. Yeah. So um, where we last left off. The the, uh, the solo ship uh, used the Cheryl finally used her damn computer that she wanted to use so damn bad, and they they they, they learn enough about the Ida uh, to be scared of it now. Yeah, that like the Ida is infinite and it might be alive. They were before they they'd been side eyeing it this whole time, and it's funny when you think like like cause Cheryl in her heart of hearts she was probably going down there to be like okay now we can finally wrap our fucking heads around whatever this thing is we're, we're gonna find out how it works with the power of science and we're all just gonna have a cool collected time about how we deal with the e-day and then the computer was just like i don't have a number big enough <laughs> and then cheryl yeah. went oh no oh no <laughs> oh. so um gj was left on the moon for fucking up too many times just this Daron, he was GJ got shot down. He was like, Daron, pick me up. And Daron's like, No. Why would I ever do that? And at the time, <laughs> I was like, Yeah, why would you? So GJ gets really sad. Uh, GJ only has one appearance in episode 20, not 28, as he's uh, boarding a ship. But uh, the moon gets fucked up in this episode. Like, the, the people who live on Moonland, uh, the Earth is refusing to help. Mm-hmm. And I, and, um,. I think the, this this episode's really good. It's just a solid action episode, I'd say, with, like, the stakes increasing. It reminds me of, like, the Carl episodes in terms of level of quality of, like, just the stakes are high, things are really dramatic, not a lot is happening story-wise, 
But the majority of Daram's fleet gets completely decimated by the Ideon gun, which we see for the first time. Yeah. Well, the one scene they add into, one of the scenes they add into a contact that I appreciate is actually showing them finding the Ideon gun, because Cosmo kind of has a really awkward flashback. You're right, that did happen, of just, God, what, what, yeah, what fucking... Cosmo's like, like, they're getting, like, it's this big fight, and Cosmo's like, oh yeah, maybe we could use that thing, that thing we found in the, in, toward the engines of the solo ship. We thought it was an engine, but actually it's a gun. I, I feel like they mentioned it forever ago, or they, they, somebody said, there was some line that I might have just misread, because obviously I knew going into this what the Eon gun was, so I've been looking out for it, and I thought somebody said something like, yeah, we found something in the solo ship. It seems to go with the Ideon. Something like that. Maybe I misheard, but it's like, that was way before this episode. And I was just like, when the fuck do they use that fucking gun? They already kind of foreshadowed it, but maybe I misheard. <laughs> so uh, it's this big fuck-off cannon that like uh, they, they deploy out of the solo ship. And I love how the Ideon has to like plug it into gonna itself. I was going to say, the Ideon has to use its big hands and actually plug it to his chest. It's not one of those, it's not like... Fucking, I I was honestly anticipating like the most super robot shit of just like oh it's gonna automatically teleport into the fucking Edeon. Um, but no, they have to launch it, and then in in one of the later episodes when they launch it, it just kind of fucking hits a meteor and stops, but is still just fucking blasting its fucking rockets, and the Edeon's like up up up. Yep, no, I got it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's how that's what how it would happen in space. Yeah, and you just have to kind of launch shit, and then hope for the best. I, I love, I feel like, I don't know, I love space combat as, like, a theme and, like, as, like, a motif in anything. Like, I always prefer the space arcs over what's happening on Earth and Gundam. Yeah. Like, I always think things things get more interesting when they go back to space, because every Gundam show is, like, they start in space, go to Earth, go back to space. Mm-hmm. It's, like, that's, like, the, the, the that's just, the, it's kind of like a you. They do it, like, start up there, go down, come back up. I always think it's best when they're in space, but... A lot of, lot of, lot of good space combat in, in Edeon. And the Edeon gun it just fires this fucking gigantic cyclone out of it that just destroys everything in its path. It's horrifying. I see why they made it that powerful in Super Robot Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cosmo just destroys half of the, half of Char's, and I don't think he actually, he destroys half of the entire Zentradi armada from Macross, turns around and says, <laughs> that's canon. <laughs> God, um... It'd be cool if the Edon had a fucking gun. That, yeah, that's what Tomino said. <laughs> um... <laughs> this is the first time where I think we literally see the buff clan terrified of the Edon. Yeah. Because they're all... Like, it's at the point where they're kind of like, I gotta fight that? Oh, God. Yeah, no, the, 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 this is when... This is basically when it stops being a fucking... Just like you know, uh, like the like so, like the the big man just sitting in his chair, like just oh send another general. This one's slightly more competent. I'm sure they'll do the trick. I don't know why my people keep fucking up, and now it's just like oh we actually have to. Okay, it's no, we're done. We're done playing. Well, uh, the kid glo- the, the 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 gloves are off. This is this is for this is life or death. Yeah. <laughs> this is no longer for honor. This is for this is for for life or death. This is for survival. And uh, we meet Doba, Karla, and Harulu's father. He has a big blue beard. He's great. He's great. He, he has like, a nice booming deep voice. Love that guy. Jinmu is the scrawny dude who is always sitting next to him. He's the head of the Ome Foundation. 
And uh, Dharam just got his ass kicked so bad that they need to send out... Um, they're amassing this giant Doom fleet. Like, you see it in episode 28, and you're like, oh, fuck. It's... Yeah, it's good. They're like, okay, we're all the way back at Buff Earth, so it's gonna take us a while to get there. And they don't get there until, like, the last episode. But, like, it's... And so they're sending out all these, like, advanced fleets to go and see if they can destroy the Edeon before. And still you have a lot of the Buff clan, like, I'll get my promotion for doing this. Yeah, no, I know. I remember like, when you said that. I was like, "Buddy, that was like twenty episodes ago." You're so buddy. Times. So there's all these advanced forward fleets that are, you know, will we can at least weaken it or keep updating the main the main Doom fleet behind us? That's you know led by Carl, his father Nova. Uh, so they send out Rukuku is our first. Uh, I I liked Rukuku and I mostly liked her demise. Yeah, no, that was hard as hell. Uh, that was, that was fucking. That was awesome. That was sick as shit. Uh, with that Kurala, <laughs> who, who kills her, because uh, we go to the next episode, which is where Rukuku's uh, dudes show up, and to like reinforce Daram, because Daram's just out of guys. Like the Ideon and the la- ever since Karal has just fucked them up constantly. So they're like the abandoned Gij. At the end of the last episode, um, there was like a shuttle from the, the solo ship where they're like all re- all survivors from Moonland you can get on the solo ship. So more refugees coming aboard the solo ship. Oh, great. What a big party. Who are also... It's the like best party. And getting on there, we see GJ in kind of like a uh, like an, like an Earth spacesuit. Mm-hmm. And this episode is... Uh, they're running around the moon because they're still... They haven't got to Earth yet. Uh, at this point, the Earth Union, not the Earth Federation, the Earth Union are now shooting at the fucking Eon. Yeah. In declaring them enemies. Uh, Cheryl runs into Gijay on the moon. And she, like, notices, she's like, holy shit, you're Gijay. And, he, and then he, like, punches her for the second time in the series. Uh, yeah, well, this one, he, he, it wasn't even a punch. He, like, and again, this is, this is, this was more of a clunky animation moment. He extremely, he doesn't even reel back a whole lot. He just, like, kind of, like, uh, panicked karate chops her in the shoulder, and she just drops. I mean, they do that shit in Dragon Ball Z all the time. Well, yeah, but I think the implication is that, like, if Goku flicks you, you're gonna land on the moon. Uh, (laughs) GJ is probably not even average strength buff clan. Like, I, I always just imagine, because it's just like, Vegeta's like, I'm gonna go fight him, and Goku's like, no, and then, like, Piccolo's like, no, you idiot, like, slaps him in the back of the neck, and he, like, passes out so that he can't go and die. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, but, um... <laughs> Gigi has big Vegeta energy. <laughs> that he does. Uh, but it's, especially, like, through the, like, I just remember, like, through her spacesuit, which is probably pretty thick. He just like lets like uh, and she just like ah, and I was like, this is fun. I like anime. <laughs> uh, he like sneaks aboard the solo ship and like knocks out Cheryl. Well, he knocks out Cheryl, drags her aboard, and like infiltrates the solo ship and like hides in the cargo hold. And Cheryl's like, holy shit, you're GJ. And he's like, yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, and GJ like hates himself now. Like, GJ hates him. GJ is shitting on himself as much as we shit on him in the first two-thirds. And he's kind of just like, listen, I, I, I've lost everything. I'm shamed. I'm dishonored. I've, I've been defeated so many times. Like, I'm a joke. 
I'm I'm a big joke man. <laughs> like I I'm the laughing stock of the entirety of the Buff Clan. I'm so I'm so pathetic that not even a mercenary wanted to fucking have me around anymore. The only thing I have left is like my my interest in the E Day. Yeah, he's just like I I just wanna I just I just wanna fucking witness God. And I, I like that how he kind of almost reveres the E Day in like a day in like a in like godlike way, just like I mean, you know, from like it's the only it's the only thing in his in his life now that hasn't actively abandoned him. Yeah. And he's it's the only thing he was kinda good at too. It's all he it's all he understands at this point. Cause like everything else he thought he understood like he t- like I-, I think to his credit I think he did he prop like he did what every what what buff clan society expected of him but it's like you know any sort of hyper competitive hierarchical system like that you know not unlike our our modern understanding of capitalism Anytime you have a system like that, the 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 thing about the thing about everyone trying to the, the thing about success only being possible when you're the one person that won is that means that everyone else has to lose. Yeah, GJ lost uh, pretty badly. Yeah, and especially in the he I think it hurts so bad for GJ specifically because he was so bought into the system. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, more so than a lot of people. Like more so, than- and I this this version of GJ I really really liked, because it was almost like he was a ghost. Like let, like GJ to him is like already dead in a sense. He's yeah. just like, my entire life has been a lie. All that I have left is this ship. I don't care. You can shoot me in the head, but I prefer you didn't. Sorry. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, he he truly. I mean, which is just evident, like you know, jumping ahead, that that was that that was extremely evident up until his death. He he did not, not that necessarily he didn't he didn't care, but I think all he all he did care about more than anything, including his own life at that point, was just like, this is the power of Ide, man. This is fucking sick as shit, huh? Um, and then he dies. So, um. At this point, him and Cheryl start, like, a small bond by discussing... Because they both are shook by the E-Day. Mm-hmm. To which Cheryl's like, okay, I'll hide you here. And uh, during this episode, I think Lata... No, that's the next episode. Uh, I think No, I think in this episode, Lata finds... Either this episode or next episode, Lata finds Cheryl feeding... Gij- like, bringing food to Gij. Yeah, I think that was the next episode, because I think that's, that's how that episode opens, with her just like, like yes. they're, they're, they're launching the Edeon for something and for like while everybody's distracted doing that she like sneaks into the kitchen and like tries to get an apple um and then the way the way she sneaks in is is to just be like oh hey cheryl what are you doing here she's like oh i was looking for uh you know i was looking for fucking cosmo or whatever and they're like, oh, he's he's not here. And then she like swipes an apple and leaves. And 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 Lada's just like, that's that's fucking weird. She should know that Cosmo's obviously fucking suiting up in the Edeon. And then goes to check her out. Yeah. And then finds the, so we'll the get... best slash worst ship. <laughs> we'll we'll get back to that because this episode's pretty good. This one's uh, episode 
30, I th or episode 29, where uh, the kids sneak aboard the Edeon by accident. Or not sneak aboard, they kind of are playing around and get sent aboard the Edeon. God. Which I actually had, like, a bit of dad fear. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> like, I had, like, I think TV Tropes calls that adult fear. Where <laughs> uh, just, it just triggers real fear. So, um, Piper Lou, Fard, and Ashura are just playing around on, like, the little, like, they have, like, the, the motorized chairs that, like, send them to the Edeon. Yes, yes, yes. Because they're playing on those, and uh, it just, because they're deploying the Edeon then, uh, because Rukuku's guys and Daram's guys come back, um, they have the weird, like, clam ship that, like, was killing them with sonic waves in this episode. Yeah, that's... And those are cool. Because I remember, because then, um, the, halfway through the battle, they find out, like, the Edeon's acting weird, I think. And they're like, or, and the kids show up on, like, one of the Edeon machines, and they're like, what the hell, why are you here? And then they get captured, well, they get, they get, like, trapped between these two ships that are, like, broadcasting some sort of signal that's, like, melting the brains of everybody on board. Like, Moera, Techno, Bento, Kasha, Cosmo are all like, ah! And the one who's taking it the worst is probably Piper Lou, who then, like, zooms in. The screen's, like, red. Piper Lou's, like, screaming because his little baby brain is being, like, microwaved. Which is horrible. Yeah, this is... This and is then... I, 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 will, I will say this. Uh, if you don't like... If you don't like, like, babies being harmed, which I don't... Not that you actively would. I guess I more mean that, like, if it doesn't not bother you... Then don't watch. I mean, if if you actively enjoy seeing babies harmed, fuck off. But like, um, <laughs> like the, I I could easily see this franchise, is especially when we cover events in the finale finale. Uh, not maybe like uh, avoid it, <laughs> or at least so like be spoil prepared. yourself. Spoil yourself with a wiki article, and then go like you make the judgment call. Yeah. So, uh, because the Edeon activates to a level, like, the, this is the first time I think we see the entire Ede gauge glow completely white. Fuck yeah. And Piper Lou is just screaming, and suddenly these two, like, infinitely tall, like, beams of light emerge from its goddamn hands, and it just slices them in half and and make the best fucking sound ever? It, honestly, I my first thought was... Oh my god, that's the Wing Zero using its Buster Cannons. <laughs> I, I want... They 100%... Uh, I, th I think that's a direct Edeon rip. I think it is too. And you even said, like, the angel explosions from Evangelion? Yes. It, just in terms of how fucking tall they are and how they, they almost make no sense. And it, it's the I don't know the the Edeon swords are like haunting. That was I, the, 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 I, when when it was either you or the show that called them the Edeon swords, and I was like, yeah, I guess that's a way that you can call them that. <laughs> I guess that's what Super Robot Wars calls them. I, I mean, that's this their episode name, was called Glittering it's, Swords. It's just interesting because it's like they're they're just like two infinite lasers, but it, I it's so abstract. It's just in the I guess in the manner that they're used. You know, they're they're used to just like slice everything around it in half, and by around it, I mean it, it supposedly like seemingly infinite. And uh, so the next episode is the first one where they go to Earth. I like to think 
I like to think that just how just because of how light works and how powerful the Ide is, those Edeon swords are still screaming through the galaxy in an infinite direction. That's terrifying. <laughs> Don't worry. The I, odds I, of them hitting anything I, are astronomical. I, I think they made a joke like that in, in Dragon Ball Z Abridged. Probably. Where they're like, they fu- it was in one of the movies where they like, it was in one of the movies where like, uh, they fired as a gigantic Kamehameha into, this, into, this, into space. And then Gohan is just like, I mean, by the laws of light, that energy is not going to go anywhere. It's just going to keep going until it hits something. And then it like, blows up some sort of other DBZ movie planet. It was probably like fake Namek. Yeah, it was like fake Namek or something. I love fake Namek. Uh, but it, it, so I, if we had Ida on a bridge would be really good. Ida <laughs> on a bridge would be really good for like apocalyptic millennial humor. I think I think Edeon, Edeon is a much better template for for a C Lab twenty twenty one like than than Gundam for sure. It's basically I, spa- <laughs> it's Space Lab. Space Lab. Oh man, I forgot about the Space Lab episodes. Yeah, I would. I would love to make. An... <laughs> I just see. I just see Cosmo's lips flapping, and it's just Hesh. <laughs> I'd say get MC Chris, but he's like apparently a terrible person. I mean, no, and no one is surprised. Uh, God, oh, that was him, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, he was. It was. Uh, Hesh was voiced by MC Chris. Oh. Eh, anybody can fucking do a hash. Any, lots of people have a good hash. You don't need MC Chris. No one needs MC Chris. No one needs MC Chris. Yeah. So uh, this episode is um, a, when everything erupts into like a three-way conflict with the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, the the next episode is where we're gonna get into some best stuff. But these last these couple episodes are mostly EJ Cheryl in terms of like what's really interesting about them. Yeah. Because uh, in in this episode, uh, the last of Dharam's guys are completely wiped, but Lada finds Gijay. And while they're having the battle, it's kind of more like Gijay come, is like being revealed to everybody. The battle commences, and uh, Dharam crash lands, and he's just like, God damn it, like, get out of the Aeon and fucking fight me. Like, do it. Like, I challenge you to a duel. And Cosmo's like, Sick! I'm gonna have a lightsaber fight. Haven't had one of those in forever. Haven't had one of those in a while. So he like haven't had one of those since before Kitten died. Yeah. Then he so cries Cosmo for five like, minutes. And then... <laughs> Cosmo jumps out of the Aeon and he's like, "All right." No, Cosmo, squ- Cosmo is the type of person to absolutely have one of those moments where it's like I forget what the context of the of the clip was. Probably some fucking Adult Swim thing. But it's like the, the, the post that it's used for is almost always, the text is almost always like when you remember something awful or like you remember something embarrassing you did as a child and it's just some guy sitting at the computer normally and, he, and then he just like keels over like, ooh, mm, oh shit, shit. Mm. And then he just like, <laughs> yeah. and then he just goes back to being normal. Like I feel like Cosmo does that constantly in his day-to-day life. Yeah. Except with, like, a lot more scream sobbing. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, at the second, like, <laughs> if, if you were to be, like, if you were to sit outside his quarters, it's like, okay, good night, and then the door, fucking the sci-fi door, like, slides closed. All you hear is, like, <laughs> <laughs> It's all Kasha hears in the room next door. 
Kasha can't. Kasha doesn't sleep. She just listens to Cosmo scream. She just thinks she she. It's like it's like just muffled enough, so it's she just assumes he's just like violently masturbating. <laughs> God, he's still jacking off about kitten. God damn it! She's uh, she wasn't even that hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Kasha feels about kitten. <laughs> God, it's fucked. Honestly, honestly, hey. Honestly, that's my that's my one that's my one downside. Now that I think about it, about these about these batches of episodes, not a lot of Kasha, and I wanted more Kasha. Yeah, Kasha has a lot to do in the movie. Good, I'm glad. Everybody has a lot to do in the movie. Like everybody who you're just like, like we saw in episode thirty nine, but like the pretty much the first like two thirds of episode thirty nine are in almost all this footage from it is either reanimated or they're using footage from episode thirty nine for like the the like beginning of the invoke so jolliver even gets to do stuff yeah i was so i was so happy jolliver made it yes um well, I, 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 although i would say i i did kind of like scoff and just like fucking man of course like of course one of the characters who makes it is like a man <laughs> <laughs> so um i guess cheryl cheryl it, is te- cheryl is technically alive i don't know if you'd call we'll that get- living We'll get to, we'll get to final Cheryl. <laughs> Venom Cheryl. Venom Cheryl punished Cheryl. Kazuhira Cheryl. Kazuhira Cheryl. I am I am already a demon, Bess. <laughs> She's just like screaming, like pointing violently at the Ide as they drag her away. It played us like a damn fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Everything you said is correct. Thank you. My brain is huge. Except, except, except that she's like, like damn fiddle because she's fucking wasted. Just irping every fuck. Oh god. How much vomit do you think Bess has to clean off of the like? I think that's why she's not on the bridge anymore. She just kept puking. Probably. Bess is just like I'm tired of. I'm tired of telling Carl to mop that up. Yeah. At least, at least when I did it, it was illness. Everybody's just be- like, oh, well. best just like looks or like stands over her passed out body, looks around at everybody, raising his hands like, does anyone else want to turn to puke on the fucking Edeon Bridge? We got two of them. This is fucking, <laughs> we're two for two now. That's when Carla does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to You're that. Right, she's already pregnant at that point. Yeah, we'll get to that. So, but uh, Daram and Cosmo are having a, a lightsaber duel. Duel of the Fates is playing. And suddenly Daram... <laughs> Daram's just like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm wearing like a nuclear bomb on my chest, so if you kill me, I'm gonna blow up anyway. And right as he says that, he gets shot in the fucking head. And then, like, I, like, er like, honestly, earnestly, did not know who did it. It could have been so many people. And then it pans up to Gijay, and I'm like, yeah, buddy! Gijay's like, like, he just hands the gun back to whatever soldier he grabbed from, like, sorry, I just had to do that. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, that's when everyone's like, like I think Kasha just points at his face, like, "What the fuck, you're GJ? <laughs> and then Carla, I'm so glad she reacted like this, because that is, Carla sees her fucking ex-fiance, the guy who fucking cry, could not give a fuck enough to save her, and 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 fucking tried to kamikaze a ship into her. Kamikaze the ship, but then also escape so he lives. 
And I just realized he's the one who placed the tracking beacon because yeah. the tracking beacon got shot. Oh, out yeah. Of uh, um, I'll bet, I'll bet we'll he, get to that. I'll bet he neglected to mention that part. <laughs> um, so Carla just like, I don't think she says anything. She just sprints off to him and slaps she, him like 12 yeah, times. Yeah, she just starts slapping the absolute shit out of him. And it was, I was like, man, because oh, in my head I was like, I bet Carla's going to be like, Carla's just going to glare at him and it's going to be great. No, she fucking slaps the shit out of him. In the, I think in, in the fucking like, uh, in, in, in a hypothetical remake that'll never get made or it would, or it will be and it won't be as good, um, because the Eden will probably be CGI, um, and. I'll take, I'll take CGI Eden. I guess. At this point, sure. Um, I, I think in my heart of hearts, I am finally just like. I don't mind that CGI mechs exist. They did get them to look good finally, but I want someone to draw them just for the variety, yeah. just for the novelty of going, oh, hey, they they, they got the budget for this this time. Um, I wonder how Origin, I mean, how Hathaway's Flash is going to do it because they haven't shown a lot of mobile suit stuff. I wonder if they're all going to be probably, CGI or if they're going to do like half and half like they did for Origin and Unicorn. Probably because it's CG. It's probably the reason we haven't seen anything yet because they, they're they probably still like finalizing and rendering everything, making sure it all looks good. Probably. Um, but but anyway, like I would want, because, you know, she is Buff Clan and Buff Clan, at the very least from what we've seen, is like a like extremely like empire military focused and she is uh, the fucking buff princess um well the daughter of like the military leader sure uh so i think supreme commander yeah she fucking uh she 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 would probably just like walk up to him and and for for my version of this scene she would just fucking like just sweep him and just like immediately start just like i don't know i feel like she would actually use some form of martial art on him because she is buff clan i feel like she would know how to kick his ass but this is a Tomino series, and women aren't allowed to fight unless they're batshit insane. <laughs> like Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, and even then, yeah, Cheryl just, like, fucking, just fucking, like, I mean, we'll get to that, but I just, she just absolutely just, like, m- m- fucking, it, it was like the fucking opening to a 007 movie with that fucking camera angle. So, um, that that's the end of that episode. So the next episode we have is the Moera episode. Yes. So, um, this episode start. there's two sides of this. There's, like, the Buff Clan side of it, then there's the Solo Ship side of it. We're gonna do the Buff Clan side first. Yes. Because Daram is now dead. Shot in the head by Gijay. Um, he's, he's completely dead. And he left, like, a video will. And Rukuku is like, oh, this is Daram's? Let me watch it. So she pulls this, like, tape in her computer, and then, like, it starts playing this video of Daram, who's all, like, ah, yes, like... Harulu, we grew up together, and even though we, we even though we were raised next to each other, like, I've always loved you, and, like, I'm sorry I was the way I was, and I went into the military, but I've always wanted to know, wanted you to know, and, he's, and like, Rukuku's just fucking, like, laughing at it. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, little loser. Get the, get the fuck of, off my post, idiot. Get the fuck off my post, idiot. And, like, Harulu is just, like, calls her, her, like, Agent Kurala. Yeah. And, and is all like, babe, listen, I need you to, I want that tape. And she like dishonored, she dishonored the memory of Daram. Just kill her. Just fucking kill murder her. I don't care man. what her rank is. Murder that bitch. Yeah, murder that woman. 
To, to which Kurala does. She just fucking shoots her in the head. She shoot like, my favorite, like, the that whole scene. Because, like, the, it's, it's all leading up to that. Like, the, the whole, for the whole episode. It, honestly, it was, like, she, for, for five minutes, I was like, oh, she is Char. Um, but with way less motivation. Um, but just the, like, she, it, it was such a nice subplot. Um, and honestly, my favorite part was that she did it. Because, like, even if she failed... They all immediately died five minutes after that anyway. Yeah. But she still, she got it, though. She did it. And then they all died. Um, Wait, no, no. This is, we're, we actually missed an episode. Oh, we did? So before we talk about Moera, we gotta talk about Bess and his parents. Oh, also, I always, I, I was, I was understanding it as Moira, which is like a real name. I think it's, it's, it's not Moira, it's Moera. M-O-E-R-A. Sure. Well, I mean, like, you know, it's a. It's a, it's a. It's it's one of the few Japanese names in the show. Oh, is it a Japanese name? Yeah. Oh, okay. His name was like Fatama Moera. Oh, okay. I just assume I just assumed since Tomino loves non-Japanese names that it was like based on. Because he always has a few. Because it's like, uh, like he had you know Ryu Jose and Hayato Kobayashi being like actually fully Japanese. Kaishida, another Japanese name. Ah. But um, or it was. But then you have like Sailor Mass and Char Astable yeah. and Amuro Ray. <laughs> Bana- banana. Banana. Benazir, Benazir Lakes. Hallelujah, optimism. <laughs> Hallelujah, optimism. We'll get to double O. Uh, but yeah, and then you have Hatari. I think those are the two with the Japanese okay. names. But yeah, Moer. Uh, but so they land on Earth. Because I remember now how the episode with uh, the Moer episode starts. Because so they land on Earth, and uh, Bess is like, I gotta come up with like, we gotta make a deal with with the Earth, because we can't keep fighting like this. So they land, and Bess is like, Bess is all like, all right, I'm going to talk to them. And they're like, you're a military man, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, your parents are, right? He's like, yeah, my dad's in the army too. Like, so what? They're like, yeah, um, well, we're going to throw you in jail and make you face your parents now until you give us the solo ship and the Aeon. Bess is like, wait, what? So they throw Bess and Cosmo in jail. (laughs) So Cosmo, Bess is just so mad. <laughs> I think he's mad that he ha- that he's a in jail and b because he has to be in jail with Cosmo. God, I I think it's just like every single fucking time that he thinks he's caught a break, it's ch- it's it's not even like like it. I feel like a a, a different show would have extenuating circumstances because that's usually what it is. Just like oh man, this would have worked, but you know this unexpected factor. No, just literally everyone. Bess is just zipping around the galaxy going, hey, do you want to help us? And every single fucking human being he comes in contact with is going like, no, get the fuck out. And also now we hate you. And if we see you again, you're going to fucking die. And he's like, why? (laughs) I feel for Bess so much. He's trying so damn hard. And I would have lost my shit way sooner than he did. unflappable. I think... The only reason he is is because he realizes how much pressure is on, pressure is on his shoulders, and that if he cracks, everybody's going to die. Yep. Yep. The literally the only thing keeping him from cracking is the actual pressure, which is probably should make him crack. But he's like, no, if I do crack, everyone's fucked. And his parents show up, and they have like a fo- lame photo of like Bess on like his high that school was, football that was team. Cute, a little jock Bess. And his parent. This is the most Tomino episode, I think. Such a good little boy. 
his mom is all like, why is he, they told us he's committing treason, like, and like Bess's father's like, I'm so disappointed in you, Bess. Like, please, please surrender yourself to the Federation. They, they literally just say like, surely, like, like, but, 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 like the mil, like the military says it's a good thing. So surely that, like, surely it, they must be true. And it's just like whole, like Tomino is just like not even playing. Tomino is like these people are, these people are simp's. These people are fucking. These people are just sucking the government's dick and being good little sheeple. And they'll never listen to Bess because they're too far gone. Fucking Tomino's fucking pissed. This episode made me really sad. It was it was sad. Like fucking uh, honestly, like it's it's almost because like a normal like not even a normal but like the the cliche what a lot of people think of Tomino doing when they think of Tomino doing things is like oh well you know Bess is gonna fucking reunite with his try to reunite with his parents and at the last minute they're gonna fucking die tragically or something but it's like no it almost this is almost more subtly melancholy and and more impactful Bess's parents are fine they just have disowned him and will never fucking think highly of him ever again and they assume he is objectively evil and he has to, yeah, he has to keep doing They his tear job. up their photos of, of, of their child. His job didn't get any easier. He just made an enemy of their home planet. And on top of all of that and everything he's already been dealing with, his his parents hate him and dis- have disowned him. I think, I think this is the most Gundam Ideon episode. I thought you were going felt... to say some outlandish shit like this is more Gundam than Gundam. <laughs> No, 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 this is the most Gundam Edeon episode, because this reminds me of, like, the same tone of, like, Amuro seeing, meeting his dad again at the end. Amuro f- meeting his mom. Yes. This is like and Amuro, like, shooting, Amuro shooting, like, three Zeon guys in front of her, and she's like, you're not my son! My son would never hurt anybody! God, that's such a good fucking episode! I'm so <laughs> glad it's in the movie. I'm so glad they kept pretty much that entire episode and cut out, like, nothing. You know what? Now that you say that, that is miraculous that that happened, and I'm so like those movies are those movies are perfect. I fucking love Amro Mom episode. That episode is so good, and this episode reeked of that. Mamaro. It, it fi- Mamaro. That episode can um, confirms that Amro is actually Canadian. <laughs> oh, hey. Amro's Canadian. Yeah. Nice. Not that countries exist anymore, there's just the Federation. A couple literally don't exist anymore. Ha ha ha! So it's, um... At this point, um, they are now leaving Earth. So the the episode that uh, where Rukuku finally eats it, the episode, uh, the Moera episode we keep bringing up, uh, what you're talking about now, opens with the solo ship getting a message that, like, they're receiving orders from the Earth Union, and Bess is just fucking laughs. Like, everybody on the on the bridge, like, Hatari, Jolliver, everyone's just, like, cackling, like, ha, oh, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, like, after they just fucking, wh- like, after they fucking, like, fucking whipped Earth's fucking idiot dick off with the Edeon, they're like, fucking, okay. Do you wanna, do you wanna fucking do a thing for us? Please? And they're just like, ha! So they DS break, um, they DS drive and break close, close to, like, um, Saturn. Like around the orbit of Saturn, where they they engage in another battle with Rukuku. But this this episode then, pretty obviously, you know what happens the second we start focusing on Moera, one of the like the most minor characters. Moera pretty much has had really no development. He's just been like the third Eon pilot. Yeah. 
so uh, suddenly he's like reprimanding Fard for not being manly enough and not like pulling his weight. He's like, "Look, Ashura's like five, and she's lifting missiles. You can you can help Fard." And then Fard cries on Rapo, and Rapo's like, "You gotta listen to him, but like Fard's not gonna learn if you keep yelling at him." And Mora has like one good line where he's just like, "You're." I get so mad when I see him. He reminds me of me when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And like, but then you can tell Rapo has like a huge crush on Moera. It's on this loud on, on this kind of loud idiot boy. It's 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 actually they they do a really good because like fucking it's. Uh, I, 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 I've said this so much, and this is the third episode where I say it so much now, like, if this were a worse show, that this episode would be so fucking annoying, because like, these characters we know barely anything about, we're supposed to, like, we're supposed to, like, connect with them and think, like, oh, it's cute, they have, like, they have, they have like a little crush going on, but it's like, no, that works, they landed it, I like it a lot, I thought they were cute. Yeah! There's, there's some payoff for it in Be Invoked. I, I really like, I, and, I, I think, so... At this point, Fard get, like gives his doll to Moera. Like, I don't need this anymore. Like, I I, I think I can be strong now. Just like you, Mo- big brother Moera. Moera's like, yeah! I have something to live for. I, I have something to fight for. I love Rapo, and Fard's kind of like my younger brother. I'm going to do this. And, like, uh, all, the he, other like, Fard's... all the other Edeon pilots are just like, why the fuck are you so happy? And he's just like, and he's just like, oh, I don't know. It's like, he just like listens to, like, in very general terms why he's like optimistic about shit now. And, and like, Cosmo's just like, it's fucking weird. I don't like when people are happy. Ew, <laughs> ew Mar- Ew, Cheryl's happy. <laughs> <laughs> that was that you said that in the last yeah, one. I forgot all about that part. Yeah, fucking Cosmo. Cosmo is just like Cosmo is just like. Why is anybody ever having a good time here? <laughs> My, I don't think you guys understand. My girlfriend was killed. <laughs> and to which Bass is like, "My God, Cosmo, shut up! She wasn't even your girlfriend." I think if Bess would shoot anybody on the, on the solo ship, it would just be Cosmo. I think if Cosmo wasn't if Cosmo wasn't the Edeon pilot, he would have by now. He would no, he would still be he would still be in that fucking like animal cage, just watching everything, watching the rest of the series happen on a tiny CRT TV. Yes, yes. That would can that would be that would absolutely be a running gag in Ediana Bridge of just like every small slight that Cosmo commits in front of Bess. Every time Bess is annoyed with Cosmo, it smash cuts to him back in the cage watching something different on the TV. Eventually, Cosmo doesn't even have a room. He just sleeps yeah. in there now. <laughs> he just like sees himself there. Yeah. God, that's really good. It's like when you train a dog really good and it and and it it, it walks itself into the crate. <laughs> Fucking Cosmo. Cosmo actually got some development in this uh, in these episodes. I felt he was more mature than he was previously. He, he did, and I'm not sure. Like, I mean, again, I guess you know, it's it's up to interpretation. It's it's either like the you know they they've really solidified the writing and they and they understand like Cosmo's character a whole lot better in his arc or like Cosmo himself meta narratively is like growing more as a person I think it's more like Cosmo just feels more mature he's less angry and more like I want to protect my fucked up family on this ship yeah like he's like now that now now that like now that they have no place like they they tr- they truly have no place but the soul like every single option they're out of options by this point in the show they're out of options and so it's like their their whole thing is like maybe we'll just find a planet we can settle down on far enough away that the buff clan stop and Earth will never fuck with us mm-hmm. again. And so that becomes like 
that becomes their most focused goal. So, like, Cosmo is just, like... I think now that... Now that they no longer see their situation as temporary, I, that almost helps. Because it's like, well, this is just us now. Like, this is what we're doing. We're, we're no longer... We're no longer putting up with our situation. This is now our situation for like for like however long it has to be. So it's like everybody. This is just volatile. where we're at. Every I feel it's a combination of like everyone. Ev- everyone's bonded too. Of from I know I know bonding over trauma is not the healthiest thing. But it happens no matter what. I mean, it's why you could have a group of eight people who really don't personally get along become close friends after they've served in the military before, because they've just, through shared circumstances and experiences, they've just forged that yeah, bond. or just, like, you know, people, like, people who only, like, know each other through, like, some form of therapy, group therapy meeting over a shared, over a shared trauma, or, mm-hmm. or, the, or, like, loss, or addiction, or anything fucked up. I, I imagine, like retired cop partners mm-hmm. kind of have that same kind of you know relationship like like woody harrelson and fucking uh uh matthew mcconaughey and true detective <laughs> <laughs> my favorite anime true detective God. um that last episode bring it brought a tear to my eye <laughs> I remember enjoying anyway. it. I don't remember a lot of specifics. Uh, it's good. It is good. It's I good. didn't. I didn't watch the second season. It had the same tone as like a Vertigo comic, mm-hmm. which I liked. I got, I got like a Vertigo comics vibe from it. Yeah. But uh, so Moera dies horribly. <laughs> he gets vaporized by laser fire. That's, honestly, like that. The the my my favorite my favorite thing about it is he gets vaporized by the Edeon's laser fire. <laughs> Because yeah. it's in the chest. Um, and so, and the chest gets damaged. Like, the, the Edeon is damaged, and so basically, like, they have to fire the Edeon gun, but he is right there with a huge hole in that part of it. So he's gonna, so he is just like, we gotta. He sacrifices himself. And then basically the runoff from the huge laser just fucking obliterates him inside. And Fard's little doll. Yeah. Which was, which burns up as well. As well as a big chunk of Saturn's ring. Yeah, that was like, yes! Holy shit! Every fucking episode, they do some wild-ass shit like that, and I'm always here for it! That was so good! That was so cool. Like, the... The sense of scale. Um, they're so unafraid. That's the thing, right? Like, they're... They're so unafraid. And it's probably because it's like, it's... It's a super like it's a super robot show. It's a super robot show. This is a super, it's a super robot, robot show. show with a real robot show's tone, I think. And so it's like they they do this outlandish shit like blowing up a chunk of Saturn's rings through the sheer power of this mech, but it's played so goddamn seriously and when you do that, it becomes terrifying. Like I feel Getter only really got to this level in like Shin and Go. Yeah. Where it's just like like, at the end of Go, when they're just, like, the Getter got from Japan to Siberia in, like, 15 minutes, if even. They're, you're just, like, in, in like, Dragon Ball Z, you're like, oh, we go halfway across the world instantaneously. But it's just, like, in, in for that, you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, oh, hey, all of the, the Shin Getter just collided into fucking Mars. It's a lot. 
God, please read Getter Robo Go. Please read Getter Robo. <laughs> all of it. Just all of it. We'll get back to Getter sometime soon. Yes. I know we love some Getter, and I know our audience loves some Getter. Astoundingly. So, uh... Astoundingly. So... Big, big explosion. Moira's dead. I loved how... I don't love, but I love how they did it in the show. You know, I'm not... I don't love when people are suffering. I... <laughs> I, I love as much how, as every episode how, of this podcast would disagree. Um, <laughs> I I I like I okay fine. I like characters <laughs> to suffer. I get. I don't you. get off on people suffering. I just I enjoy dramatic storylines full of suffering and tragedy. <laughs> but I I liked how devastated Rapo was over Moera's death. Like she is like hysterical. Yeah. Which really drives home. I feel like that's something Gundam did well. Like Ryu's death in. 0079, even though Ryu was a pretty minor character that didn't really do much, the fact that Amuro and Hayato are so distraught that all they can do is blame each other for not protecting Ryu, and they just, they start, like, having a fist fight, and then just start both sobbing on each other, and you're like, that's, Tomino's good at make, because you can just say, oh, this character died, in that, but, like, it's all about how the characters react to that character dying, which I think is what... Because Moira is the first main character to die, despite him being minor. Moira's been in pretty much every episode since we left Planet Solo. Yeah. He's been here with us the whole time. Cosmo's always yelling at him to raise or lower the power. <laughs> and, like, it, it's something like Shekhov. In Star if, if Shekhov died in an episode of Star Trek, you're like, oh shit, Shekhov died. Like, damn, someone with a name. Oh no, they used they they, and they used his gun. <laughs> God. It, like, what if he just had a gun? <laughs> <laughs> he has a phaser. Does that count? Like, what if like that was like a thing? What if the and, and what if <laughs> what if that was like a thing in Star Trek? Of just like you, you see Chekhov's quarters, and he has like a family heirloom, and it's an antique pistol. And every now and again, he just looks at it, just like. This is a really cool gun that I own, huh? And he just puts it back up on the shelf, and it has nothing to do with any episode. <laughs> That's when I walk on the screen and go, too bad, Star Trek was canceled! Yeah, fucking yeah. Can't wait for Star Trek be invoked. Which I think was just Star Trek the motion picture, now that I think about mm -hmm. it! God, fucking, Star Trek is a, Star Trek is a mega series. <laughs> We're not watching. We're not watching Star Trek. So yes, um, Moira's death really, really resonated. Yeah. Did you expect GJ to replace him? You told me. <laughs> I forgot I did because I, I told you that GJ and Cheryl got together. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember if, he, if I told you he became an idiot on. I. I'm pretty sure you told me because I was not surprised. Um, I was expecting it, so I think you did tell me. Um. But, uh, or maybe it might have been in our group chat and you spoiled it and you were like, Tooch, do not, inter do not interact. And I was like, fuck you. And I clicked on it. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know. Tooch, don't interact. But yeah, uh, no, it's like not, not for Tooches. And I said, but what if it was for Tooches? And I clicked on it. Um, but no, it's, it's still, it's still whipped ass when it happened. I was like, hell yeah, I love GJ. I, I like EJ now. So this episode is the uh, the loft area. And because Rukuku got killed by Kurala in the last episode as well. Such as her ship got obliterated. Kurala. What, you don't like Rukuku and Kurala? 
and wait, I got I got my Edeon notes. Let me I ha, I because um we'll do the in memoriam. Do you want to do the in memoriam at the end of this episode yeah. or at the end of um be invoked for everybody? Yeah, I guess we'll just do be invoked since that's gonna hit a lot of the same ones, and then some. Cause like I got some I got some buff clan names here. Like we got drawn and like mebarul rukuku they're so dumb <laughs> buff clan are so dumb the fucking wa- the waft area just sounds like a different that that just sounds like the buff clan term for crop dusting someone <laughs> so we have the new buff clan commander hannibal uh hannibal gen his whole gimmick is that he eats a lot Played by pl- played in the up uh, in pl- in the Hollywood Edeon movie played by fucking Brad Pitt. Um... This guy's like always like he like he has like freeze like f- sealed little like hot dogs. He keeps peeling them and eating them and throwing the plastic aside and doing. It I again. do love how it's just like because at first I thought like oh he eats a lot. At first I assumed that in order to like save animation and modeling stuff that that he would only be eating that same snack. It's a different fucking food eaten in a different fucking way every episode he's in. Yeah, in the three episodes he's in. Yeah, it's um yeah no i think there was some other actor that who eats a bunch when he's in movies but i only remembered i think it was brad pitt in oceans in the oceans films um but yeah what a charming actor yeah so uh mebarul is probably the craziest looking buff clan in the show she has, like, this multicolor, like, stoner knit cap and, like, pink glasses. Yeah, honestly, she's serving up looks, and I was, like, super here for it. I just, like, who is this random <laughs> fucking, like... Your buff clan stoner lady? Yeah, I love her. I want to get high with her. She's yeah, cool. I'll buy weed from her. She's, like, your cool lesbian weed dealer. God, I need one of those. Either that or I need to become one of those. <laughs> Do both. <laughs> then you can become it and find it. Just look in the mirror. There's my lesbian weed dealer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad joke. Uh, but she's like, hey, I, I like Hannibal's reaction to this because she's like, I got a plan. We're going to send we're gonna send them to the loft area and we'll like trap them there and we'll leave. And he's like, I don't approve of it, but it's interesting. So I guess do it, but it's not under on my orders. Yeah, right? It's it's that classic. It's that classic. Like, because I, I think like the... That was that was what happened to fucking Gijay when he was like, I got eyes on the Edeon, I can go invade it. And the, his, his fucking higher-up was just like, that's a stupid... Garam? Yeah, Garam was just like, that's a stupid fucking plan, but I'm not gonna stop you. Click. Like, that's what happened here. Do you think that's one of the... Re- Do you think that's the reason why Gijay shot Daram? He was just like, that was a good fucking plan, you yeah, asshole. Fuck you. <laughs> fucking leave me on the moon. <laughs> Fucking make fun of Mike's eating on stealing plan. Just okay. I just needed to do that. I'm sorry. It's over. I'm over it. Jesus. Uh, but at this point, they're like, "We're gonna have DJ on the Edeon. and everyone's like, "What?" Is it like Kasha's like, "No, I can just I can take over Moira's duties," and they're they're like, "DJ's already a really good pilot. Like, why don't we just let him?" And Cheryl's like, yeah, then he can study the Ide for once. And then Gijay's so there for this. Yeah. You you said something about, like, they're like, okay, you can get on the Ide on, but on one condition. And we have Lada on there, too. And she's pointing a gun at you the whole time. (laughs) 
And he's like, yeah, cool, sick, shoot me as many times as you want, this whips yeah, ass. Yeah, he's just like, that's so fucking cool, I love that, that's a good idea, that's a good idea. <laughs> like, cause like, that's, that's all, like, he's like, fucking, he's from the Buff Clan, Buff Clan go hard. He's like, no, that trap, that makes sense, that makes sense to him. And he like, turns to Lada, he's like, Lada, don't, you don't have to just shoot me once, like, you can shoot me like nine or ten times if you want. Yeah, he, he truly has, <laughs> like lost the will to live but in the most buff clan way possible <laughs> yeah no he, he's like he he literally is like he throws him he like he throws himself at their mercy but like not in a he, he he's not in a pathetic way he's just like he's just like i mean if you guys decide to kill me that's like really up to you and i certainly have no reason to live but for as long as i'm here i just want to fucking get as close to the Ida as i can and if you guys want to let me, that'd be super tight. You'd be doing me a real good solid, but also, uh, you can kill me. It's fine. I completely I get, get it. I get it. I, I think get it. That's that's the thing we've after the the bestest parents episode. We've neglected to say that that was when GJ officially joins the team. Is that Carl is like, listen, if you want them to accept you, you gotta participate. So they help break Bess and Cosmo out of prison. Yeah, no, that was that was that was nice. That was nice. I I wish I was I wanted Carl and GJ to re to interact more. Yeah, it would have been great if they could have like a if they could have like a if they could like have like a like a friendship like they like they they reconnect now as two completely different people. Um, and yeah, just, like have some common ground because like they're they're still they're the only two Buff Clan people who aren't trying to kill them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I feel like that was something we would have seen more of if the show went longer. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel that's like a, a victim of that, because I, w- I would have really liked to see GJ and Carla interacting more. But my, I think my favorite GJ moment that we f- I completely forgot about until right now was how he how he reacts to them. Like, Bass is all like, you've done some horrible shit to us and killed friends and family of all of us. Like, you, you nuked Ajian and everything, and then GJ just doesn't really know how to react, so he just cries. He, where he's just like, I truly can't make it up, make up for my actions. I can't. I just, I, I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. There is nothing I can do to make it up to you people. And just, I feel like the, the he felt guilty. Yeah. Staring all these people in the face of he's like, that all that hit him so hard that all he could do was just kind of sit there and, and cry. <laughs> And I think that's part of why they accepted him, is that he is willing to help, and he seems to regret his actions, even if he will never make it right. At least for where we are right now, well, we should let him help. Mm-hmm. And that's what leads him into the seat of the, of the ship, because then the next episode, he's pretty much gone. It's, just, it's the Moera episode. Yeah. Moera. Um, so, the Waft are, like, these cool, like, rock aliens. Honestly, this show has this show has such interesting alien alien life. I I love um, as much as I was like kind of like almost like shitting on as much as I was shitting on like the beginning middle of the show. They're just like they're just fucking like hopping to new planets and fighting the Buff Clan again. And it's whatever. It's like the the planets are always really interesting. Um, like they had one full of like prehistoric man. They had like a dinosaur planet. They had like a the one with all the stingrays. Yeah, the Baji. Yeah. And then they have, yeah, they have the water world, and they have, like, this this asteroid built of living rock aliens, and they up, like, coming up, we have some cool places, like, with the fucking, with the, the giant sandworms. The domu. And, uh, yeah, and the fucking, uh, carnivorous sticky plants. They're great. 
Good, good aliens. Good aliens. If any, it's fucked up that, the, like, if anything, the buff clan are the worst conceived and designed aliens in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He should have. He should have. And they're still like, my favorite. Oh, well, I guess. I guess that would have gotten in the way of like, of like them sneaking, of like, of like Karala and later GJ sneaking on board in any capacity. Because I was like, just don't, just don't make him look super humanoid. Um, fucking. But that would have been. That would have made it difficult. So. Uh, so at this point, um, the, the, they get, they, they have a big fight in the waft area. The waft, like, crash into Edeon, try to, like, eat it. Because I think they eat, like, other rock particles, I don't know. It's something They're like mineral-based life forms. They as, crave that as, mineral. And so, they crave that mineral. Uh, Gijay's all like, oh shit, we're in the waft area. I went to, like, a science lecture on this. <laughs> and I'm like, just a nerd. So, uh, but at this point, Gijay ha- they're all dying horribly, and Gijay has an idea, and he's like, he flicks on the comm, and he's all like, Buff Clan, this is Gijay, I have one of the Eday machines. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, yeah, the, like, the, the Eday machines are split up, and, uh, everybody's passed out, except Gijay, and so he looks over at, like, the girl, like, the, like, lot who's supposed to be holding the gun at him, and he's, he's like, oh, she's passed out now, she's not, I don't, I don't have to, like, Basically, he comes... She's, like, incapacitated in some yeah, way. Yeah, he's like, okay, my city now. Um, now we're gonna do Gijay's plan, because no one's here to shoot me. <laughs> but then, uh, Lada wakes up in the middle of his fucking ploy of just, like, he... And so all, like, she just hears him being like, oh, yeah, I fucking... It turn, I love the buff clan again. Uh, fuck these people. They all hate me, and they think I'm a stinky boy. Uh, let me back on the Buff Clan shit, please, pretty please. And for some fucking reason, this woman's like, yeah, sure, GJ, who we all love, I guess. Uh, he then takes this opportunity to kill the shit out yeah. of her. Because what happens is, like, Lada points the gun at him again. He, like, moves the ship in a way to, like, disarm mm-hmm. her. He, like, catches the, the gun and then, like, points it at her for a second and then throws it back at her. Like, take it. Yeah. And I'm like, I kind of love how, I, I don't know, I like how, I, I like GJ a lot. He's, he's better here. We have, we have good GJ. I think cause this is, honestly, like, I think this is the first time that he is legitimately motivated in a way that's like, as ridiculous as it might sound based on his current motivations, his current motivations are technically healthier than his previous ones. Yeah, they are. They really are. I'm proud of him. So they get back to the ship. Um, they, they manage to escape the loft area because of, like, eating on swords, I think. And they get back to the ship. And... Yeah, they get back to the ship, and uh, they're like, GJ betrayed us. Like, was he was that a ploy? Was he legitimately trying to get back to the buff clan? Like, they're all... Everyone's arguing. And Cosmo's like, okay, I got an idea. We'll flip a coin. <laughs> Heads, Gijay's cool. Tails, we shoot him in the fucking head. And Gijay's like, yes, sick, this is so fucking, yeah, do it. Gijay's like, yeah, do it, do it. Cosmo does it, and it lands like, Gijay's cool. I, I do. And Kasha's so Kasha's mad. so fucking mad. I love it. And, like, honestly, like, I, I think Cos, like, because, like, everyone's just sort of like, why are, wait, why are we fucking relying on this? And, like, Cosmo doesn't, like, out and out say it, but what I gleaned from... What I gleaned from Cosmo doing that is basically like, look, if we're never gonna fucking agree 
on what the truth is, then the truth doesn't fucking matter, and we're just going to leave it up to fate. If we truly can, we'll think, never ever fucking think. agree on this. So let's just fucking do this, and it doesn't matter because either way, like no one's gonna be happy about this. Let me let me say, do you think it was Cosmo leaving it up to the Gide? I think. I think Cosmo's too dumb to think Cosmo, of that. I think Cosmo's too dumb too. I think there was nothing. I think we would have gotten some sort of a cinematic direction to at least suggest it. Um, I think that was a legitimate coin flip. I think it was just, like, true fate. Otherwise, it would have been, like... There would have been either some kind of, like... Some kind of line at the end of just, like, like did like, like was it fate or was it? And then, like, I don't know, it pans up to the fucking E-Day gauge or something like that. Some dumb shit. Like, especially at this point in the series when the E-Day has no qualms about making its presence known. Um, but also still, fuck it. Yeah, why not? Why not just blame everything on E-Day? It's perfectly feasible. It is. I, I, one thing I want to say is, uh, I, I just, I, I, I wish we had more time with GJ as a member of the solo ship, because he fits in so well. He really does. It, it's like, he slid into the cast, so, into the recurring cast so easy, and I would have loved if this was the second half of the show that we would have seen way more of him. And it, they could have even still killed him, just, I wanted to see more of him before he died. Because I think his death was really impactful, which we'll get to in a little mm-hmm. while. So what's that? Which episode was next? I because uh, we did the waft. It was the waft episode. I think at the end of this one is when Bess passes out. Yeah. Just from sheer just because I remember the next. Illness. I remember the next one now. Yeah, from like I think I don't think Bess has slept since they've left Solo. No, not well. So Bess just like completely passes out with like a crazy fever, and Carl's like, "I must tend to my boy." <laughs> Carla's so good. She's taking care of him. I just... <laughs> Carla really loves Bess. He, he he somewhat deserves it. I I just... I, I appreciate the fact... I, I still like that he always will stick up for Carla. He, and he did for so long. And I, I'm glad that paid off in their relationship. Yeah. Because they're not like... They're never like... They, they don't seem to be PDA in public like at all. No, they keep it pretty chill. I think Bess is just scared that Cheryl's gonna flip out at him or something. <laughs> Bess, why don't you ever hold my hand on the bridge? Because Cheryl would yell at me. <laughs> and she fucking scares me, dude. <laughs> I'm just imagining just like... Cheryl's just mad that Carl is getting fucked and she's not. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, what, Her? She doesn't even want it from Bess. She's just like, God. Yeah, right. Then <laughs> EJ shows up and everything's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, this is when uh, Franklin shows up. Uh, Franklin shows up He uh, from Earth. The Earth guys come back for the last time. And he's like, all right, I'm going to try it. We need to destroy the solo ship and the Edeon. Because after the Moera episode, when they DS drive out... Turns out meteors are flying out from behind the solar ship, right at Earth and Buff Planet. <laughs> oh. The solar ship is now the source of the meteors. <laughs> I think I missed that bit. Yeah, it's it's big. <laughs> the solar ship, uh, the solar ship. Every time they're DS driving with the Eday's power, is now just generating more of these. 
So the Earth Union are like, we have to destroy the we have to destroy the solar ship at any cost because the Earth is going to be destroyed at this point. So, uh, and, and this is the one where he, he teams up with the Buff Clan. Where the Earth where the Earth Union team up with the Buff Clan. You said you loved it because it was so disrespectful. Yes, because like as soon as the like the fucking just like as soon as I saw that that meeting was happening, I was, I was just like no, they're fucking not. like I because like on like it's it's one thing to just like okay cool they keep making enemies so it's like not not man the Buff Clan are after them and now the Earth are after them too but obviously like the Buff Clan also doesn't like Earth and then it's just like. But then, like, they, they fucking start dealing with each other, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! The entire... The fucking... The whole point! The whole reason they came to Earth was to warn them about the Buff Clan and try and prevent them from harming Earth. The whole time, they're like, we gotta do something about the Buff Clan, or eventually they're gonna make their way to Earth, and that's our real home. And then they get to Earth, and Earth's like, fuck you. And then the Buff Clan's like, oh, fuck hey. Fuck you and everyone you, who looks oh, like you. Earth? You hate the solo ship? So do we. Let's be tight. Fucking, oh my god. It's so, it's so rude. It's so fucking rude. Where they take, uh, this is where Hannibal Gell is all like, we're gonna take them to Night Star. And I love the way he would say Night Star. That, that's the one good Night name for something that they have. <laughs> Because all the planets are like Flag Star, Steckin Star, and on in in one of the next episodes, <laughs> and uh, so they pretty much just end up trying to drop a moon on the Edeon. <sighs> yeah, well, there's which, no fucking colonies around. Fucking, they just drop a moon on it, and the Edeon, you know, as usual, freaks out, launch, lights up its Edeon swords, and just starts flailing around like like just mad literally just like fucking like the the dude at the rave with glow sticks just go doing the most if if, if the context were any different it would look clownish um like out of context it looks very silly but in context with the sugiyama score and everything as much as i hate koichi sugiyama the music is fucking good mm -hmm. and and just like i it's it's honestly it's there's so much chaos going on that again it was a little hard for me to even parse what specifically was happening but i was just like is i was just like is the edeon just like carving away at this fucking moon as it's falling on them like yeah that's literally what they're doing that's so fun like that i guess that's one way to that's i guess that's one way to fucking win win majora's mask fucking that's the see that's the fucking new game plus they don't tell you about jesus christ um man that that was so raw and then like they and then at the end it's like you know they yeah oh yeah sure we stopped the moon but we stopped the moon by blowing it into still larger chunks that then still wreak absolute havoc on everything around us and the planet beneath us and most of the moon still does end up kind of falling on them a little bit and and so they're just on this molten hot planet that they've ruined and they can't fucking find the solo ship it's yeah they lost the solo ship in the chaos and and like logically they just assume that it's dead and for a good few minutes they're just kind of silently wondering like 
they lost they think they lost everybody and it's just them in the Edeon in space <laughs> yeah which is just it that that was raw to consider uh um a song that has been made has been showing up in the show more often uh in these last couple episodes is the ending theme yeah uh cosmo cosmos ni kimito uh which means i think uh in the cosmos with you mm-hmm. uh where the lyrics are fucking heavy they fucking are because i was reading the lyrics it was like we've been abandoned by our only home mm-hmm. our only hope is to travel the stars it's just like it's it's Eon. <laughs> whereas like the the opening theme like is all about you know the the, sh- the terrible power of the Eon. And, it, and the galaxy trembling in fear, waiting for the moment where, of its resurrection. And then, like, the ending theme is just about the solo ship. And so, uh, with the next episode is the Domu Planet, which I think you said was the best episode in the series, you thought. I I mean, I, I said that at the time. Like, that was the best episode so far, knowing I still had, like, the, the, the big finale. Um... What did you think is the best episode then? Just so I'm curious. I think 38 is the best episode. I the one titled Space Runaways. I'm still gonna. Gi- I think I'm still gonna give it to to 30 to 37. But re- refresh my memory on what happened. <laughs> 37 was the one where they go back to Ajion. Yes, 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 yes. It's it literally all. So came you say 37? Um, cause I fucking watched it earlier today. Like this, Jesus Christ. Um. Uh, that episode is called "The Colony of Hatred." It's, it's really good. I I think it's I think because I think it just it it encapsulates. I think it encapsulates all of of what this show does best. Um, what the show does best. Um, because it's 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 got all of the it's got all of the drama of them like being like being victims, and also it's just like yeah, you know what? Like you're, you are fucked up. You are fucked up coming to this planet like you did have a hand in what happened to them and like you didn't handle it the best and you're not handling it better now coming back here um and you didn't even prove them wrong in the end did they we'll get to that episode in a little bit um but you still you think that's the best one because i think 38 just is is like jesus i think 38 is just like pure Edeon. It's it's as Ede as you get. But um we'll we'll we can discuss that later when we have when we go over those, I guess. I asked this question prematurely, but you said this was the best episode with the Domu where um Bess's fever is getting worse and he talks to the Edeon. Oh, wait, it was he that talks one. to the Ede. Okay, yes. Yeah, this is the one we're doing now. Because this this is thirty five we're on oh, now. Thirty five. And I said this one was the best? Yeah. I think the one where Bess has an argument with the Ede. Yes. Yes, I think I'm. I'm sorry. I've just completely fucked up my own. I completely forgot what my own opinions were. Um, uh, I do like this one a lot. I do think it's still. I, I, it's 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 definitely up there, if not the best one. I'll I'll reconfigure my list as we go over them. But this one's definitely right now. It's my tentative number one still. Uh, but only because we still need to go over the other ones. The over be invoked. Yeah. And and kind of have a ten minute discussion about a contact. Yeah. Um. um but, but so at this, I I honestly appreciate 
that there was no like weird secret like cause for Bess's illness. That dude just like worked himself to sickness. Um, Hatari did a pretty good job as being like captain. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, that's like I think that just gives credence to the notion of just like because I I definitely need to tell myself this a lot of just like do not worry you are not actually like the 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 most like like the world will be fine without you with like without you taking full control of everything all the time and feeling like you need to do everything or it's not going to get done um you can you can fucking chill like you don't need to fucking like like it's fine you're fine um and then uh <laughs> And then usually what ends up happening is I'll, like, leave a group for a second or something, and then I'll come back, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, after you left, everyone else left, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I still try to tell myself that, because by and large, it's true. But <laughs> it was true for Bess. They did fine without It was true for Bess. They did fine. And that's exactly why Hatari was. <laughs> that's, that's, and I'm glad, because Hatari got some more screen time. So did Jolliver. Jolliver, too. Yeah. All the I, I once again the like if all the characters in Edeon, even the minor ones are like I love their presence. It, for how little we see of them, they they still have a lot of personality. I really came around to loving the crew of the solo ship, as fucked up as they are. You said it best: a dysfunctional family is still a family. Yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of like the the vibe I got from like um. I don't know, it's kind of like the vibe I got from the Doom Patrol toward the end of Grant Morrison's run, where it's just like, everyone's fucked up and miserable, but they, at least they're there for each other. Mm-hmm. And, because so, that, that's the whole thesis of, because Grant described that the Doom Patrol are more like a, ther- like a therapy group than they are like a superhero team. But, uh, <laughs> that's one of the characters we create, is like the, the, the therapist aboard the solo ship. <laughs> all right carl is there anything you want to say to cheryl all right cheryl is there anything you want to say to carl slap each other <laughs> no no no. this is what we're trying to avoid uh, um. <laughs> God. there's just like a there's just, just getting... like a pillow in the corner with like multiple people's face like a picture of multiple people's faces taped to to them but like they all have like bullet holes and stab wounds <laughs> There's just a giant like mural of Kitty on the wall. <laughs> Kitty Kitten, the best Tomino character. Kitty Kitten might be the best Tomino character. In in I want a remake of the show where Kitty Kitten survives to like this point. Oh, a hundred. Yes, 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 yes. Um, like Kitty Kitten and GJ being like late additions to the team. I would love, or, or you know, like what's what's more likely? I would love like a fucking like manga. I would love a fucking manga of like like Ideon. I discovered recently that there is a trilogy of Ideon novels written by Tomino, and the art on them looks on, on the covers looks crazy. Ooh. So I have no idea what's contained in those. Maybe if I ever get Japanese literacy, I will read those. I'd love to. I, I I would love to read Tomino's actual ha- actual like prose. I should read the Gundam novels again. We should do those because I know show. they got a new translation. Yeah, we should do the Gundam novels at some point. So, um, 
on this episode, Bess argues with the Ide. Uh, they're, I, part, I don't quite even remember what they were saying in that scene because the visuals are so crazy. I, they were basically just having a philosophical debate about like the nature of their situation and like whether or not it's fair. Like Be- Bess was basically like, "Why are you doing this?" And like, and you know, I didn't glean uh, again. I didn't glean a lot of it too because I was also pretty distracted by the imagery and like also like you know when 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 Bess flailing, Bess's silhouette flailing. Yeah, when they're, when they're spouting when they're spouting random bullshit like that, like it does take a couple pat. Like you have to pick that apart. Um, but what I gleaned, like the the mood that I got was Bess being like. Why, like, why the fuck are you doing this? And the Edeons, the Ede is just like, this is just how I, this is just how I am. This is just what I do. This is just how I am to survive. Like, I, like, I want to survive just as much as everyone else. And I am. What, what struck me the most was when the was when the Ede was like, I am made up of, like, so much. Like, I am. I forget the exact phrasing, but the Ede. Like thousands of consciousnesses, like millions of consciousness, consciousnesses. Yeah, like the Ida is basically like I am, I am nearly everything, and so like I don't like this. This is how I this is how I preserve myself by like not wanting anything to come to harm. Um, and then Bess is like, "That's gay." Because uh, like the, the 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 thing that they keep talking about is that like they're like the Ida is a force for good, so we're good, so it'll protect us, right? Like we're the good guys, yeah. and everyone's kind of like very unsure. It's like, yeah, we're sure, the good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obvi- of course, of course. And and it's Carla who's the first person to be like, "That's just a buff clan myth." Yeah. Um. And then when Bess talks to Ide, uh, and the thing I want to point out is that like we say Bess talks to Ide because like we a hundred percent believe that's what happens. But another reading is. Because they even bring it up in the text of just, like, that was just a dream Bess had when he was feverish and fucked up. Um, but obviously, knowing this show, that was a 100% real conversation between fucking Bess and the E-Day. Come on, what the fuck do you think this is? We're fucking yeah, Bess t- totally um, tapped into the E-Day. But in terms of the meta-narrative, that doesn't give them any more or less clarity because... Well, one, it was a confusing as hell conversation, and two, them as characters in this world can't confirm or deny that that's a true source of like the Ide speaking him for itself. Um, but, but yeah, uh, honestly, I I didn't get any sense of like su- super strong uh, like opinions from Ide. Ide really seemed like chaotic neutral in a way. Yeah. Um, I say chaotic, like, like Which I th- you know, like the some some godlike entities like that tend to end up being some manner of like you know true neutral or whatever. But it's like no, the Ide the Ide is directly fucking with everything too much. It is a chaotic force. Um, it. It's will like simply because like I don't even like I don't think it has a will and I think one of like honestly the the more this show went on it I think it itself at the very least by human notions of behavior and response it itself came off as very uh infantile and childish 
or at the very least not not an not something who uses logical ABC thought when making decisions. And I think that's one of the... And I think that's why it resonates with Piper Lou so much and the children is because the children are not logical beings. They are beings of pure emotion and and reaction to stimulus, which is why I think it siphons and attaches itself to Lou specifically. Yeah, I would love... I mean, I, I obviously I need to see I need to see how this show ends. Not necessarily just to like so I can come up with something that's whatever about canon, but like also just so I can know where we are tonally and thematically by the end of it. But like, oh yeah, the Be Invoked episode is probably going to be like the Be Invoked episode is going to be. But nuts. I do want to. But I, I, I the, the more that I watched like the E Day resonate with Piper Lou, the more I just pictured in my head like. Like imagine like a, a fucking like a, a fucking teenage Piper Lou, like piloting the E Day. <laughs> I was you know I was bringing up Star Trek again. You know that remember that episode with the all powerful omnipotent like teenager? Vaguely. Where he like anything that displeases him he just destroys. I, I know the Twilight Zone episode about that concept. There is because the Star Trek one is cool because it was just like. It also features a lot of shirtless William Shatner. <laughs> but he's like, I'm going to show you how to judo throw. And he's like, and then like, Kirk's like, hey, Ensign, whoever, throw throw Dan X. And Dan X's like, that hurt. And he like, disintegrates him with his brain. God. Fucking. I think it's called Daniel X. I think that's the name of the episode. It was something X. And they end up like, I, f- I forgot how that episode, I think the episode ends with like an all powerful consciousness. Like, being like we bestowed him this power to survive but he's misused it so we'll tear it from him yeah and i'm just like I, so that's that's where i think like a teenage piper lou would end up especially with a psyche as fucked up as like he would have from all the trauma and near-death experiences that you sh- that should never happen to a toddler well, i mean i mean i i think he's a baby though so i don't even know necessarily how much he would remember yeah he, he's because he's true he's, he's, i, I he's still like think just you're... speaking his first word is e-day um, and that's that terrifying. scared the hell out of me in an extremely visceral way to in my soul. <laughs> um, and so I, th- I think he's definitely like one, if that. Because usually by one, they're like walking a little better than that, than he can. So I think he's like less than a year old. Yeah, he's like a baby yeah. baby. He has a lot of hair though. A lot of hair. Some babies have a lot of hair. Um, some babies are out the womb, Harry. Um, so itchy there's a lot more going on in that process for the for the parent birthing them to not care about that part uh but um but yeah speaking of the e-day resonating with babies we start to get some hints yeah we start to get some hints where uh bess gets back uh the main action on the domu on the domu planet is I think this is where Hannibal Gen dies. Is uh the Domu are like the Ide reacts to like the Domu's eggs and the Domu are like these big uh dune sandworms. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> fucking the sleeper has awakened. But like I feel the Ideon gets ultra powerful when like the eggs of the or like the young the young Domu start getting injured. 
Yeah, and I think like it's it's so funny that they they even know that going in, and they still just can't fucking not. They're just there's like oh, we we really got to get out of this cave. I the we just learned that the Edeon doesn't like it when when we kill things. Um, and then the Buff Clan just like fires every single laser they have into that fucking cave, and they're like, ah, god damn it. <laughs> uh, Hannibal again meets his end here, and. Uh... That this is just a really solid episode. It, the this one had a really unique like you know planet. Uh, the Domu were cool. Yeah, that was just an all around really good episode. Yeah. One of the best, especially with you know the whole Ida conversation and it, with the best has and like they the discuss everyone kind of being low key terrified of it by the end of this episode. They get even more terrified in. Uh, after, they get even more terrified. I think they get so terrified that's the the next one's where they leave the solo ship. You're right. So the uh, the Earth cruiser led by Franklin shows up again, and he's like, "Listen, okay, we don't we won't kill any of you. Just we can give you a ship. You can go wherever you want. We won't hold a grudge. We'll tell Earth that we that you died. Just abandon the solo ship and the Edeon. Put bombs on it. Blow it the fuck up. We'll give you a ship. You guys can go wherever you want. Which is a pretty good deal, I think. I think it's the best deal they could get." And, like, at this point, everybody on the solo ship is freaking out. There's, like, refugees from the from the Earth ships they've destroyed now. People who were yesterday shooting at the solo ship are now on the solo ship. It'd be like, it really do be like that. And everyone's just freaking out. Like, this ship is possessed by the devil, is what one guy says. He kind of freaks out like Guy does at the end of Get Her Go. He's not wrong. And I mean, like, once again, the sh- I, what's more terrifying, the Shin Getter or the Edeon, on like, an existential level? I think the... I, I think the Edeon because it's... it's It creeps up on you. Like... I, I think if you look at the... Sh- like, the, the, the Shin Getter is, like, scary, and piloting it is immediately terrifying, and most people can't even do it. The Edeon's just, like... They just found it in the dirt, and like, what's this really big robot that's really hard to kill? This could be useful to us. And then it's just like, the more they learn about it, the more they're just like, oh no. We never should have dug this shit up. Uh, so, this, so then, this episode's pretty short, but I think the, they, they get back on the ship, the clap, or the crap, <laughs> if you want to be Either one be is juvenile. funny. Uh, they get on the new ship. And then suddenly the Buff Clan show up, led by uh, what's his name? I have his name here because I took I took notes. Galbaba. Good. Um. He's like, I am so excited to to prove myself to the Buff Clan and go home and marry my hot girlfriend. You guys want to watch her dance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> and every, I love his crew. They're like. You're like, are you watching your wife dance again? He's like, yeah, you guys want to see it? And everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, everybody, turn like turn on your, your screens. And everyone, like, you see, everyone starts, like, pumping their arms. Like, yeah! My hot wife! <laughs> nope. <laughs> no one email her, but everyone can look. Stop emailing my wife. <laughs> um, also, uh... <laughs> Slight aside, I, I found I found the covers to the Edeon novels. the The third volume is the scariest. Oh, uh, let me see it. Let me see it. I'm gonna describe it. Oh yeah, this is a close up of Cheryl with like a tiny Edeon up top. 
Yeah. I almost missed it at it, first, and then I'm just like, oh my god, it's... That could be a scene from Be Invoked. Ooh. And then it's weird, like, there's, maybe, uh, maybe it's, like, a different edition, but, like, the website that I found, supposedly there's six volumes, but I think it might be three, and then three different ones, because the covers for the, the four, five, and six are super different. I'm just curious what the fuck these are. I need to either read them myself or get someone to translate yeah. them. So, here we are. Um, the eventually the Buff Clan shows up, and the Solo Ship have no no choice but to go back to the Buff Clan, to the the Solo Ship. The crew have no choice. So they abandon the clap, and uh, Franklin is killed, and his ship is blown up by the Buff Clan, and they're like, okay, we got to disarm the bombs. And one of the best sequences in this show, I think, is like. Lynn is, I think it's Lynn, or I don't know who, but she like is Lynn. She's like, oh my god, you got, Gij, you have to defuse it. And Gij is like, I can't get there in time. He just knows. He's running, but he knows. And like, everything turns like monochrome. There's like silhouettes are flying across the screen frantically. Like it just close ups of everyone's eyes. It's one of the coolest sequences of the entire fucking show. And then the bombs all go off. And do nothing. No, like they're they're engulfed in light. And, like, as if, like, the explosions are being, like, encased in just, like, fucking light. And then they just slowly... It's not even instantaneous. They're just, like, slowly... They just, like, kind of shrink. And everyone's just, like, staring at this, like, dumbfounded... Like, Jolliver is, like, hyperventilating. DJ's <laughs> dry heaving. Everyone's terrified. Bess has, like, nearly pissed himself. Like, it's horrible. <laughs> and then, like, Cos like Cosmo's... Cosmo's just, like... What what happened? Did you did you stop him in time? And he just just like no. Cosmo's was like what? What does that mean? Um, and then like um, Tomino's great at what he does. Yes. Uh, and then I think I think there's like another sequence where it's just like, I think Bet like Bess is talking to somebody and they're, and they're just and they're just like what like what like wait what happened what like what happened and Bess is just like we stopped all the bombs in time it's not important like <laughs> just fucking we we don't know shut up. Hmm. And uh, they managed to blow away Galbaba with the Edeon gun. He didn't last long. <laughs> like, the last thing he sees is, like, a hologram of his wife dancing as, like, she disintegrates and he does, too. It's very, very Tomino. Next is episode 37, Colony of Hatred, which is one of the rawest episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Like, we, we've been talking about, we've been talking around it, but... I'll let you do this one. Uh, you can do this one. This one's this one's fucked. <laughs> and you said you like this one a lot. I did. I do. Um, the, the the this is like the this and the last two episodes are just like they're it's just they're bangers so hard. Um, these are probably the best episodes in the show. Like from Domu the Domu episode, a band like Goodbye Solo Ship, Colony of Hatred, Space Runaways, and the final one in the Cosmos with you. These are the best episodes in this show. Um, so. Like the last five are so good. Fucking great. So they they, for whatever reason, I guess just because they're fucking in the neighborhood, they decide to go back to uh the the planet that Gijay nuked. Ajian. Um. There's probably some piece of refugees from Ajian as well on the solo ship. Yeah. 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 Um. 
and Brazilier and Carl. Yeah, and and I think Kasha Kasha even like uses this as an excuse to like make a dig at Gij of just like, hey, remember when you fucking blew up this planet with Miss with like enormous like super weapons? And Gij's just like, yeah. yeah. Remember when we sucked them into a black yeah. hole? Um. Uh. Gij does like one of those YouTube like YouTuber apology videos. Like I was in a dark place at the time. Yeah, right. Uh, it was a it was a it was a heated heated buff clan moment. Um. It was a heated samurai moment. Uh. And so. It's kind of fucked up because, like, I I got the feeling that like they were they were like okay there there's there's enough survivors down there probably for them to help us but not enough survivors that they'll be able to fucking do anything about it if they don't want us here. Uh. I just don't quite know what Bess was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To the point like. If this show wasn't if this show wasn't already explicitly about our main crew doing nothing but making mistakes and bad decisions, I would call it a contrivance that they're here at all. Um, but no, Bess is like, we need to come here. This is the only place. This is the only place I can even think to come. Um, and like we like we have to. It's 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 like. And I will say that like, Bess. Best never does it. Best honestly never does a super good job of like defending his actions because I think on some level he does know that he doesn't have that much of an argument. It's like, yeah, true. The Buff Clan at the end of the day are the ones that pulled the trigger. They are the instigators. Like it's like, oh, like the Buff Clan wouldn't have come if you didn't come. It's like we wouldn't have come if the Buff Clan didn't come. Like fuck off. But like, he doesn't even do that. He's just tired. Like anytime somebody brings that up and people bring it up a bunch, he best is just like, shut up. I'm tired. Like, we're wasting time. I don't care about any of that. I just want to help my ship. I care. I care more about my ship than I care about you. Which he never vocalizes, but like that's what it comes down to. Um, and they basically try to cut a deal. Uh, a super. Fun th- this is when. <laughs> this is another thing. Unfortunately, Tomino also does well. Is when they're trying to cut a deal for them to stay here. The deal that they make is like, okay, we'll give you some of our. Uh, we'll give you our colonists so that you can like. So that like there can be more people here, and so that like they don't have to. Be you can repopulate your planet. And the fucking scumbag dude says like, like on, on this like sh- in our situation, women are more valuable than a thousand missiles. And I was just like, that sucks. Uh, yeah, I get it, but like you didn't have to say it like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I mean, it doesn't help that this dude's already a slime ball. Uh. This dude's cutting a deal with the, uh, with, with, uh, Drawn, the red guy with a sword. Yeah, that's his, that's his piece of flair for today. Uh. Yeah. That. He's, he's the last, he's the second to last buff, third to last buff clan general, if you count Doba as, like, the final boss. Yeah, so, like, they, they basically did that to lure them here. They were like, oh yeah, sure, give us your colonists, we would love to have them, which is, like, a real thing. Like, I, I... I honestly don't understand. Like, I well, the, the the reason that I don't understand is because it's like because they're pissed and they just want revenge. But it's like that's you could have you could have killed the main crew of the solo ship and still kept these innocent colonists to help your planet and them. After all is said and done, uh, I'm sure the Buff Clan wouldn't have cared that much as long as they got the Ide. Uh, well, because I also think that they wanted to do that in term. I because I. Cause I th- 
because what happens is that they they get they shut they sh- like corral everybody um, corral everybody into like like a big di- like sports dome. Yeah. And they're like, everybody stay here, and then suddenly they pull out guns and start firing at them. Yeah, because well, uh, like, I, I will say this, now that you said like, I do remember, like, yeah, it was specifically to hold them hostage so that they could take the buff ship. I'm sure if, like, well, the buff clan probably would have killed them, but I'm sure that, I'm sure that the planet, I'm, I'm sure that they would have kept them alive if... But I, like, because all the women and children on the solar ship are yeah. in that, you know, do- are, in, um, are in the Lakers dome. <laughs> the space Lakers dome. But... Just to show that they're for real, they do fire on the hostages to show that they're for real, and fucking some of them get and, got. Uh, and out of like, unlike Moera's death, who where we got like a whole Moera episode, Lin just fucking eats it and dies, like right there. Which is also impactful in its own way. Um, I think it's equally impactful on the opposite end of the spectrum of what you can do with a character death. Um, because I, because it still works, right? Like there's still weight to it. There's still characters responding to it properly. Like I, I feel like Walking Dead did that really well in like the early seasons of just surprise kill off a character. Right. Um, I, I will say that like, it's it like it sucks that it's yet it sucks that it's yet another like young girl. Uh, I have so many thoughts, especially coming off of playing Deadly Premonition. I have so many thoughts about the way that like modern fucking global media just like just like fetishizes fucking women dying um in order to well i mean that's i mean that was the entire point of twin peaks it was that like it was it's this whole idea where we have where it's just like i don't know it's because like a woman is not supposed to be killed it's like that's tragic a woman is is traditionally i know this is like this is not modern in any way but like it's like Women and children are not supposed to be harmed, and that it elicits visceral reactions in people. Uh, yes. Uh, and to that, and to that, I would say, like, fucking man, maybe everybody shouldn't die. Uh, <laughs> but you know, um, it's because I, I feel that also comes to like down to, like where it's the it's the man's responsibility to die for his family. Sure, and that's where that comes from. And that's you know, that's that that's the, I, which is a very old school thing. Sure. Um. But but basically like you know I like I I get it it's just a, it's just a critique that I have it's because it's like oh no I'm 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 I, I'm just explaining where I think it come where I think yeah, it comes I from yeah I agree I agree that's where it comes from um but but like but even still just even, trying to add some context that, to with, it even yeah. with all of that I still think that like I like I this death I think this death worked better than the kitty kitten's death which is just the stupidest raw steel uh uh I think this one worked better for what it was attempting to do. Um, which was basically just stage one of break Cheryl. Yeah, we we start. This is where we start sliding into final Cheryl because I think Cheryl is manic for the rest of the franchise. Yeah, in a weird state of like grief-stricken madness. Yeah. So Cheryl like is just Cheryl kills the shit out of that dude, and then GJ like, yeah, like double taps yeah, him. Yeah, like they they mount like like they. While the Edeon and the solo ship are like doing their best to like f- f- to like defend themselves long enough, because like eventually it gets to the point where it's like, okay, well, we we told you to not attack people, but you still need to fucking give up eventually. Like, so you need to just give up for real, or we're gonna kill more of them. And while that's happening, 
uh, DJ and a bunch of and, and and Bess and them make like a make like a team to like break into the stadium and and, and like Jolliver and Hatari, all the all the all our our, our dudes. dudes. Uh, and they 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 fucking they Tom Clancy their way the fuck in there. Um, and then. DJ actually is cool. DJ <laughs> is cool. Although he d- he does om- best has to best has to out himself. Otherwise, DJ would have got caught because he like fucking like his foot slips and like a, a screw or something falls from the the beam he's on and, and like lands on the ground and a guard almost notices and then best has to jump out and fucking distract them. Um. I, I, I do like that, like, Gijay still isn't... Like, Gijay's not fucking Solid Snake. Gijay's not... Gijay didn't suddenly become Gijay's a big still Gijay. He's still a fuck-up. He's not Anavel Gijay now. Yeah, but so, like, in the in the ongoing kerfuffle, fucking, like, Cheryl notices that Bess has that thing on him, and she just fucking takes it and just open fucking fires. And honestly, like, gets him right in the fucking chest shot bullet one. Just... Right down the iron sights, just fucking ends this man's life in one try, um, and and he's on yeah, the ground. Cheryl kills the shit out um, of him, or at the very he like she like mortally wounds him, and he's on the ground. And in a moment of like the rawest moment of Claire, one of the rawest moments, the subtle, subtly raw compared to everything else going on at Eon, I felt like I I really fucking because this dude's been a scumbag up until this point but at the very like th- this is the one moment where you just like it, it really hits you of just like this dude like i i i still like i don't obviously i don't <laughs> honestly i don't agree with anybody's methods in this show period there's not a single character makes a decision in the, in the 39 episodes that i agree with <laughs> but <laughs> but it's well written so i get where most of the where most of it comes from um, because everybody everybody has reasons for why they do things. Um, the only reason conflict ever happens is because two different people have different reasons for why they want to do different things, um, or the same thing. And when this man's on the ground dying, he's he's just like, why did this happen to us? Why did you come here? Why? Like, he's just truly doesn't understand, like, because there isn't anything to understand. This is just, like, the cruelest fate. And all he was trying to do was fight fate. He was just trying to, like, fuck it, like, no, get off my planet, whatever these people want, they can have it, just fucking everyone, leave us the fuck alone, we'll commit whatever fucking sin we have to in order to have that goal, because we've already been through too fucking much, it doesn't matter anymore. And then he's just like, why? Doesn't why fucking did, matter. Why did, why did this even have to happen at all? And all GJ can offer him is like, I can kill you quicker if you want. Like, do you want me to just end it now? And he's just like, yeah. And he double taps him. Yeah, it's a, the, this episode ends spectacularly with like Bess carrying Lin's body as they as they like trudge across the ruins of Ajian back to the solo ship as they play the ending theme, where it's it's and like the lyrics really hurt, hit like we've been abandoned by everybody we've ever known, we do not have a home, the only home we have we can't leave even if we fucking want to, we have a, a brutal alien military dictatorship with its sole united goal of killing specifically us and they probably will lynn was like a teenage girl who did nothing besides help the children she, she lynn commit lada has killed more people than lynn <laughs> like lynn is probably the most innocent adult ish uh, 
character on the solo ship, and she died just from association of the situation. They, yeah. Like, sure, Lynn wasn't much of a character. She's Cheryl's sister, and they interact twice in the entire series. There's, like, a scene where Lynn, like, reprimands Cheryl for not eating, and that's, like, when you learn they're sisters. <laughs> and that's back in, like, episode, like, 12 or something. But, so... And Cheryl's... So episode 38 is my favorite episode. This episode is called The Space Runaways, and I think this episode just is... This this episode is... That here. title is a banger. That title is... that. Like, as soon as I saw that title, I was like, oh, oh, yes, good. Good, good, good. I'm so glad. Because I think this episode, like, when I... I want because like if I had seen Eon more times and I wasn't doing this podcast, I might have skipped episode thirty nine and went straight to be invoked. Mm-hmm. Because like this kind of feels like this is when the solo ship is defeated, like not literally, but they have like no more pretenses that they're going to survive this after this episode. Everyone has silently kind of accepted their fate, except maybe like Cosmo. Yeah. He's loudly or at least everyone's faith. Like, it's... So, with this episode, we it starts off with just, you know, Harulu is back. And the Doom Fleet is, like, right on their tail. Harulu has taken a... Um, her ship is at the helm of the fleet, so she's getting into range to fight them first. And they're near the planet of Stekken Star, this big, like, jungle planet. Full of, like, massive, huge, like... Kashyyyk-sized trees. Like, big-ass fucking fuck-off trees. That are, like... Like, their leaves are bigger than the Edeon. <laughs> yeah, it's... That's... That's actually fucking terrifying to consider. And so... They, um... Harulu sends out, uh... Kodamon as the last throwaway general of the series. Who's just another old guy. And, uh... But this episode starts out so low-key with everyone just, like, we got some time to just rest, and it just shows everyone kind of, like, doing their own thing. Like, there's that nice scene where Kasha, like, falls asleep and Cosmo puts a blanket on her. Yeah. Um, and then, like, the next day he, like, jokes about it. It's like, oh, where were you? It's like, oh, I was, fucking, I was sleeping with Kasha. <laughs> Kasha's like, shut the fuck up. Until he... <laughs> You're fucking disgusting, Cosmo. Shut up. Um... And then, like, we fucking... And then, like, fucking we have Gij checking in on fucking Cheryl. And, like, I... Cheryl's just drunk. Her just eye, she's just in, in her room, sat on a chair in the dark, drinking. Her eyes just sunken in under the, under, the, under the low lighting. Just, like, her fucking... All her shit is just thrown about on the floor, and it's just her with a fucking bottle and a glass just drinking. And I was just like, I want... I want... I want this as a... I want a framed animation cell of this so bad. So bad! Uh, of of f- almost final oh, Cheryl. Just, yeah. Yeah. Mega evolution Cheryl. This is where, like, it, it's funny, because do you understand now why, like, I said that the character I remembered the most was Cheryl? I fucking do now. Yeah, that this is because this is what I was remembering of Cheryl is like a manic, crazy Cheryl. Oh God! Oh my God! Wait until the movie. So, um, wait for the movie for for Cheryl's greatest moment. But uh, when we get to the, um, Gijay checks in on her. Gijay's just kind of being frank of just like, "Are you okay?" 
Like, clearly you're not, but I'm asking anyway. Yeah, there's there's no other way to start this conversation, so. But, like, GJ definitely cares about Cheryl. They made out in the previous episode, kind of. Yeah, they, like, kissed. Um... They kissed. Uh, yeah, they just, like, I like how he just, like, like, there's no other chair. He just, like, sits on the floor. Yeah, he just has a drink, and he just, GJ just kind of is, like, quietly there for her. Which is really nice, honestly, like, it shows that, like, GJ's not that bad of a dude when he's dislodged from an incredibly toxic system. Yeah. You love to see it. Like, he... Yeah, like, GJ really, like, it seems like we were finally getting to really know GJ. Not, you know, Commander GJ. failed samurai GJ. Um, they just have a nice moment, and he, like, tucks her drunk ass into bed. And they all launch on the Edeon. So, there's, what, what follows is, um, a pretty exciting battle. But uh, in the middle of it, everyone's just dying horribly. Like, it, they're getting their asses kicked. It's to a point where it's like the level of opposition is now, like, insurmountable. The The threat is real. Like, the, the we're only facing a fraction of the Doom Fleet right now. And he, like... GJ, they're all separated. The different E-Day machines are all stuck on the various, like, sticky leaves. And one of the, uh, like, a... Like, laser fire hits the cockpit of, uh, of the unit GJ's in. Because I think he's in the Ideo, Ideo Nova. Because this is the Delta, Buster, and Nova. I can never remember which is which. Mm. Like, who's in what? My favorite one, because, like, they, you know, they all can, they all have, like, land versions, and then they all can fly. That they rarely use. Um, yeah, because they're, well, ever since they're in space, of course. But, like, uh, I like that the... The land, like two out of three of them like transform into jets for when they fly and then and then it's just like space truck the truck yeah. in space look at it tr- it's like uh, it's space trucking uh <laughs> but uh gj gets mortally injured by one of by some stray laser fire not as he doesn't get it as bad as moera no. but uh um but he gets he gets it, and I guess like his like death is felt by the Ide, to which it like fucking is fully enveloped in light and like combines together from like across the fucking jungle. Yeah, it's like pulled to put together by the Ide. The, the, I, and, I forget like, if it's when he gets hit or when he is like dying and beholding the Ide, but like my the, the music just like cut. Yeah, they're all sound cut. It's just GJ being like this is the power of the E-Day. Like, witnessing the full power of the E-Day in, in, his, in his last moments, as the Edeon literally fires its Edeon swords at the ground and cleaves the entire fucking planet in half. Oh, I was, I, the whole time, I was just beside myself. I was like, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe they're doing this. Are they doing this? Are they seriously doing this? And then the fucking swords bust out the other end where the fleet was the whole time there was like they were hiding on the other side of the planet and they're just like all right we're all right we're finally here our reinforcements have arrived let's go get this Edeon. Edeon sword comes out of the other side of the planet and fucking fucking decimates them <laughs> you know what is one big missed chance they should have had the Edeon scream again yeah only thing that would have made this even better because otherwise it's perfect God. 
I guess the eating on sword sound is haunting really, enough. Yeah, it probably was like too much, like in terms of mixing it. Because um, I'm sad the eating on only screamed once. I thought it did more. Uh, I mean, you know what? It, it makes it all the more impactful. Um, yeah, but and, and so, do you want to? What happens when they get back? Do you want to do what happens when they get back? Fucking, they won't like. Sh- sh- like they they realize Gj's dead and they're immediately everyone knows how bad this is like nobody doesn't understand the ramification the Cheryl shaped ramifications because like and then immediately she's just like where's Gj and then everybody just like does the fucking thing where it's like where's my yeah, Gj where's like oh, like Devin they won't like it's it's sad because i like them they won't they won't let her see him and they won't tell her why that it's it's so stupid it's so stupid too because it's like we're we we refuse to tell you why but we know that you know what that means like cautious like cheryl can't be in here that's like can't like don't get cheryl in here and cheryl's like why why won't you let me see him and then like she doesn't even like they just drab all pretense like nobody needs to say it nobody needs to say it nobody wants to say it and she's just like she she does say it though she's just like why does every like why, why does, does everyone I love yeah, I die and the episode just it like from her screaming it shoots out like it pans out really quickly to just the outside of the solo ship and it just says the solo ship the space runaways and then it ends like that's all the narrator says and you're like, if imagine if the show just cold ended there. That honestly, that would have been a better ending than the ending. <laughs> honestly, because like be it like it, be invoked is such a great ending for Edeon, but it's like I understand why you feel that way about episode thirty nine because it pissed off so many people. I, I well, because like I mean, I, I think the only reason I said is because like be invoked is the is a better, a more intended version of that anyway. So I don't. It, it's it's less necessary than, say, Evangelion's ending, which is just so much of a different thing from End of Evangelion. Um, so much so that a lot, a lot. Because of... they're actually the same. They're actually the same ending, but just from a completely different perspective. You only see it from like the inside of Shinji of the various characters' psyches, but you see what's literally happening in End of Evangelion. Chilling. Um, a lot, but a lot of people prefer the TV version just because it's not what End of Evangelion is. Um... If they don't like, if you don't like Enemy Evangelion, you're not gonna like Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right now because Tomino, because Ano essentially made Evangelion be invoked. Uh, yeah, fucking t- uh, Ano, Ano, Ano might be a bigger Tomino fan than us, and that terrifies Neon Genesis, me. Neon Genesis Evangelion is is if he wasn't if he wasn't making Evangelion, he would instead be at home just like just like taking an Edeon figure and an Ultraman figure and just like smacking them together and making whooshing and laser sounds. But instead he like, made Neon t- Genesis Evangelion. Instead he made the greatest anime of all time. <laughs> but that, like, that's, where... his, that's his core motivation. I was in a I was in like an anime chat uh, and, and discussing like mecha and shit and one person just goes like I don't understand I don't understand why Gainax leans like leans so hard on the otaku shit and I was like because everybody who founded Gainax is an enormous otaku there's no pretense that's just what they are I I see like two 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 of the founders of Gainax are probably in the top 5 otaku of yeah. all time one guy literally calls himself the Otaku king <laughs> 
We're, like, I'm t- Hideaki Anno has probably never missed an episode of Ultraman since he was a child. Yeah. God. And he's and, now, he like, makes one. So fucking, so what are you gonna do? Fuck you. And he made a Godzilla movie? Fuck you. He win. He won. He, he won. Yeah. He, he made, Hideaki Anno has succeeded. He has won. He has won the life of an otaku. A ma- a f- and I, I salute he him. Ma- he, ma- he married a cute manga artist who then wrote a cute manga about their life. Fuck you. He won. He, yeah, he married a shoujo manga artist who also wrote a very compelling manga about eating disorders. Nice. And and then also is a fashion designer, is like a is like a somewhat prolific fashion designer in Japan. Female female Moyoko manga. Ono. Honestly, if if I like if if I ever have room to do another uh, another like Japanese media based podcast, I think I would only ever want to review works by female mangaka because it's still gonna end up being the best manga the best manga. I want to read um fucking Rosa Versailles. Yes. I want to read I want to read the I want to read like the fucking Genesis the the I want to read the Bible of shoujo manga. <laughs> but uh cuz I am very I am very inexperienced with shoujo as a genre and a demographic Same. as a whole. So I would like to I would like to explore that more. I wish there was a shoujo manga series like mecha series, like not just like a mecha series with a female cast that's geared towards a male audience. That's true. You're right. Mm. You're right. Because I think the gal- I think the closest thing to that is like the Galactic Heroes manga, which was done by a shoujo artist by a shoujo artist. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, the only other thing I can think of is like uh <laughs> there was there was a Magical Girl spin-off of Tenshi Muyo called Pretty Sammy, and I think in that Ryo Oki turned into a mech. Cuz I think in in Tenshi Universe Ryo Oki, Ryo Oki turned into a mech once, so that might have been Tenshi in Tokyo. I forget. I have no experience with Tenshi with the Tenshi franchise I have either. Seen, I saw I saw everything up to Tenshi in Tokyo and then there was some other series that got made that like didn't wasn't really that, but I think it was like Ryoko was there, but fucking I don't know. We'll get to Tenchi someday. I would love that. Tenchi Muyo, I, Tenchi Muyo specifically, the OV, the original, the the OVA. I, I fucking, I'll, I defend that as the the one of the least problematic harems. I'd love to see it. It's great. Wa- Washu is the greatest. She's my wife. Um. So the final episode. Do you want to want to break this egg open? I, I already came out as trans. Um. <laughs> oh, that is a term, right? <laughs> yeah, that is a term. God damn, I, I, I just remember that. Uh, no, but um, the the will of the Ida is trans. It's I, certainly, remember, remember that was like a, um, there was that that was that Tumblr post where it was like, I just go around my house and lick things and say this is gay now. <laughs> it's the Ida. <laughs> that's is, the Ida. This, this is, is trans is my, now. This is the Ida now. This, this is mine me, now. This is me now. <laughs> oh no uh, that's the no it's it's, <laughs> it's the e-day it's the e-day just pointing at every member of the solo ship and going kin 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 <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> i would love if Edeon had a tumblr fandom i would love that god can you I mean, imagine? It's, it's technically still a website. Can anybody, anybody who still has a Tumblr, get on that? Fucking Whovians, get your tardis. Fucking. 
if you're watching Doctor Who right now, stop and watch Space Runaway. I heard one of the seasons with the with Lady Doctor was actually pretty solid, but then the immediate season after that wasn't as good, and I'm just like, I don't, I'm not, I don't care. I don't. I I just realized how much I don't care yeah, about Doctor I, Who. Yeah, I realized that along. One day I'll finally go through all of Star Trek, but I just I will like. There's too much. There's too much that I can't ever watch, mm-hmm. and I just don't want to interact with the fandom. The honestly, I prefer like I prefer I prefer classic Who because at least when it's bad, I can. There's there's some dissonance there because i can just go like oh well they just didn't have the budget or like you know they were dealing with such like a weekly serialized thing so they had to stretch everything out for a long time and you just kind of enjoy like the schlocky performances but then like you enjoy it the same way you enjoy like a 70s super yeah, show but then like modern or like modern showa new, tokusatsu new, i just watch it and go like there's zero reason it has to be this bad <laughs> Doctor Who should be as good as like modern Tokusatsu. Yeah, it it never wants to go there. It's British Tokusatsu. It is, it's British Tokusatsu, and it's not as good as Japanese Tokusatsu because every time, like it, it is. Doctor Who can Doctor Who oftentimes is both like cheeky and fun and like not serious, and then it also has moments of seriousness. But I feel like it would be a better program if. Every single time, whoever was running the show at the time thought, I want this to be a serious moment, and I want this to be a silly moment. If they would just flip those decisions 100% of the time, would end up being a better fucking show, I guarantee it. <laughs> if every time they decided to take themselves seriously, if they could just not, and then any time they, they fucking wanted to have a big goof em up fucky time, they decided to actually try to write something compelling, way better, almost 100% of the time. <laughs> Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. David Tennant, D- but, David so Tennant the f- being sad is just always like, shut the fuck up. I love him. He's one. He's he's he was. He's a great actor, a good doctor. By the end of his run, he was just so. He, every fucking season needed a scene of him just like crying in the rain and looking really sad. And I'm just like, don't give me those fucking puppy dog eyes when like two minutes ago you were just for, like goofing around and having yucks. So. Jolliver gets to do a lot. <laughs> Good, thank you. Thank you so much. I love Jolliver. I don't like Doctor Who anymore. I love Jolliver now. What if Jolliver was the new Doctor? That'd be great. And then he then he dies and transforms into Job. <laughs> so anyway, just so I can save Tooch from being sad or mad or just amb- or just apathetic about Doctor Who. We have to bring up her secret lover, Jolliver. Oh, it's no secret. Jolliver got a lot of development in this episode. Um, first of all, it's not a secret. Second of all, <laughs> um, no, he did. I, lo- I love it. I love Jolliver. I, lo- I I like that the only reason he did was because like we we open, we we just we just sort of open on the E Day deciding. Uh, well, we we open on the E Day learning that its show has been canceled. <laughs> Yeah, the Ida has just learned that Space Runaway Ida on has been and canceled. It, and it goes like, and, uh, all right, let's speed up this process. Because in, from the production way, uh, according to MAHQ and a couple other sources, uh, Tomino assumed that he was um, going to get an extension of three episodes to wrap up the story like he did with Gundam. Because Gundam got canceled at episode 39 and he negotiated four more episodes. So he assumed. So I, I know that the, that there were scripts written up to episode forty three. 
and this was going to be like, and then the episodes 39 through 43 got turned in to be invoked where, but the only one that made it to TV was 39. So be invoked opens pretty much identically to this episode. Great. Uh, with Jolliver and Carla getting teleported to the other ship and all that. They have the same exact conversation. Because um, basically, like, what I gleaned is, like, the Ide, like, Ide was was intending for Carla to fucking go to the ship by herself. Cause, but as soon as she starts glowing, Jolliver's like, it's me, I'm the hero now. And, like, tries to... Well, because what happens before that is that she's offering him, she's bringing him sandwiches. And then immediately starts, like, keeling over in pain. Yeah. And then starts glowing. <laughs> Because Carl's pregnant. Yeah, but we don't even, like, honestly, because, like, that's been happening every now and again. Like, we, we get really, like, quick scenes with her of, like, her, like, either feeling sick or puking actively. And, like, the first time, the first episode that fucking happened in, Devin, I... Because, like, you know, it's subtle enough, because obviously this was, like, a 70s anime. Nobody want like, nobody wants... Nobody would approve of a, of a pretty young lady just actively puking on camera on television um so it's 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 a little bit hard to read but I, as soon as i was like wait is she sick for no reason is she getting like is she feeling nauseous for reasons is she fuck she's oh my god she's fucking pregnant she's fucking pregnant i her best fuck i had a post i it was in the text box and i was ready to send it to you but i was like i don't want to risk being wrong I'm not gonna even gauge, try to gauge Devin's reaction because if I'm wrong, I'm gonna be upset because that would that would be really cool, and I hope I'm right. So I'm just not gonna say anything, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let the will of Ide take over. Fucking Ide, take the wheel. Um, but I didn't say anything until we got directly confirmed on screen in this episode where I was like, yes, I fucking I fucking knew it, I fucking knew it. I like how they use the term with yeah. child. Carla is with child. I don't even think Bess knows yet. No, I. Part of me was like, I wonder if I wonder if Bess Rotter because because he assumed they couldn't breed. <laughs> I, don't, I I just think there just weren't any condoms on the solo <laughs> ship. And the buff and Carla just straight up doesn't know what condoms are because they just don't have those on the buff yeah. planet. God, what's a condom? Nothing. <laughs> That puts Bess in a bad light. I don't like that. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Jolliver and Carla just get teleported to the middle of the of uh, the Buff Clan flagship. And they're like, oh, shit! And they just immediately get shot at. <laughs> oh, man. They just immediately get shot at. Eventually, they, they, like, run away and make their way to the bridge. And I love how as soon as she understands what's going on... Like, Jolliver's obviously worried because it's like, oh, fuck, we, Ide teleported us into the fucking heart of the fucking Buff Clan's fucking force. Like, we're so fucked. And Carla's just like, ugh, yeah, and I probably have to talk to my dad. <laughs> just like, the priorities at play here. I love it so much. It's delicious. I... I want to um, just say that I'm I'm I I, I like the Jolliver have to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so but, but so they're like holy like the 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 buff clean people are like oh my god it's Carl that's your daughter sir and Dobo's like what? what? 
I like how dramatic he is. He is he he is like the buff clan he incarnate. Is so fucking extra. I love it so much. With his fucking cape shit and like, he's just like, Carla, like you have disgraced your people. Like I. And like I, I like how she like she tells him that she's pregnant, and then that's like the and she's like that's like proof that our peoples can stop fighting. That's proof that like the E Day is protecting us. Mm-hmm. And like, <laughs> I I think he just immediately assumes Jolliver's the father. Yeah, right? Like this is the only like well, well it's like you're here with this human male, and so I'm I'm super mad, so I'm just gonna fucking kill this guy. <laughs> yeah, he just hits he just fucking attacks Jolliver with a lightsaber. And I was legit like Jolliver, no. <laughs> My boy. Yeah, Jolliver gets like slashed across the back with a ch- with a lightsaber, and Jolliver's fucked up for the rest of this episode. He's like limping I'm and shit. So, uh, honest and 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 honestly, like as soon as he didn't die right there, I was like, oh, Jolliver's probably gonna live then, because otherwise this would have been when to do it. And so, um, Carla, like, is, like she pulls out a little computer that, like, a little pocket computer, and points it at Dar at Doba, and she's just like. Listen, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you if you don't leave us alone. And Doba's like, but then you're gonna kill my everybody in this room. And then she's just like, yeah, and just like runs. <laughs> Her and Jolliver manage to like get a, they like they get Buff Clan spacesuits. Yeah. And they uh they hop into like a shuttle and they're heading back and they this is when they find out because they're like Carl like on the solar ship they're like Carl uh, uh, Jolliver just vanished. Yeah, one, one... Because Bento saw it. Bento's like, what the Bento's fuck? Like, they vanished, and Bess is like, well, did you see where they went? And he's like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> they literally they just, like, disappeared. disappeared. In air in front of me. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad Bento got that scene, too. I, I'm just happy when, when, when my, my side characters get their, 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 side, their, get their, uh, Techno's, like, barely been seen anymore, but, like, Bento's been getting some, some, some screen time. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> but... <laughs> fucking that's what when um they're like wait okay so the they ds they like they show up right in front of the the big fuck off doom fleet and Daram is he's like wait zoom in they're like why are they shooting at each other and he sees that like they're like holy shit it's it's jolliver and carla what they're coming back like get get the edeon out there to go get them um and the edeon is like launching we, has, oh, sorry. has final cheryl already appeared at this point to le- Yes, Final Cheryl's now just laughing I, like she, a she lunatic. She gets on the bridge and it's just like, I came here to laugh at you. Um, we're, we're all, all gonna, gonna die. die I, this is great. Nothing matters anymore. Like, like nothing matters anymore. All this is futile. We're all at the whims of the E-Day and we're all gonna die. Nothing fucking matters. And I'm like, honestly, I get a fa- again, again, not a decision I agree with. I super get it. Uh. She's just like, the E-Day's gonna fucking kill us all. Because we suck. Because because we let DJ and Lynn die, right? Oh man. Hey Bess, maybe you this wouldn't have been happening if you know DJ and Lynn were still alive. Hey Bess, you remember DJ and Lynn, or you not care about them because they're not some fucking alien coochie? <laughs> that's 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 final Cheryl right there. Cheryl is like over the despair event horizon. She is. Just, I feel like grief-stricken mania is the only way I can I can like describe Cheryl. I mean, I would describe her as just broken. She's Cheryl's Cheryl's shattered. Sh- shattered. And it's it's harrowing to see her like that because you remember how Cheryl was for the most of the show. It it honestly is still like it's it's still very Cheryl. 
because she's still only ever doing whatever the fuck she wants to do. But what she wants to do right now is drink uh, is drink until the end of days, which she believes is inevitable. Which is hope, which cannot come soon enough for her. Cheryl is the most dangerous kind of suicidal because she wants everybody to die with her. God, imagine like if, if okay, if if they um. If, you know, in in a strange AU where Edeon is getting a Hollywood movie instead of Gundam, um, fucking, what was that one sci-fi horror movie? Yes, I would want Edeon by way of Event Horizon. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'd watch right? that. Yeah. I'd just go straight horror with it? Yeah, I'd go, I'd do, I'd watch that in a fucking heartbeat. Oh man. I'd watch that. So in um So the the Edeon launches and they're like and the shuttle carrying Jolliver and Carla is hit is hit and explodes. Fucking, it's it, and it's 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 such a good moment. The Edeon is the Edeon is reaching for it and then just just a stray laser. It's not even like somebody's like master plan. <laughs> they just fucking got hit. Um and it just blows up in front of them and everyone's like, "Oh, Bestus looks devastated. Honestly, and honestly, like Bess is devastated, but like even still, he is still he's still he's still trying to keep it together. He's still he's still fucking he's still Bess. He's still like I need to fucking keep this shit going. Cause that's all he has. Cause after if he loses Carl, that's all he has. That's it. And he's just like, if he acknowledges it, he's just going to break. Mm. And so. At, at, like Cosmo fucking cracks. Co- yeah, Cosmo's Cosmo's just, like, just... I'm fucking sick of this shit. I don't. Cosmo's like I don't want to fight anymore. He's like, why are we killing? Why are we fighting? What's the fucking point of any of this anymore? I don't understand. And like through the E Day, Doba can hear him. Yes. And he's just like, you guys are fucking idiots. Like Carla's goodwill and like hope was the only shit keeping the E Day from killing literally all of us. Um. And then, yeah, and then as I think as Bess is listening to that, he's like, "Give me a, give me a, I would like, I would like a status, I would like a status update on the safety of specifically Piper Lou." <laughs> <laughs> yes, specifically Piper Lou, and because that's where the movie diverges from this is right there because that's when Cheryl starts walking towards Piper Lou, and we'll get to that and be invoked. <laughs> Yeah, that's when Cheryl's greatest moment happens. So and um, so then we get to uh, we get to the, pretty much the end of this, where suddenly floating, miraculously shielded by the E Day, is you know Carla and like holding Jolliver, who's not doing well. And then like hot, like Jolliver is like um, I I love that like when Cosmo's like wait we we rescued them. I love that Cosmo's like we rescued them. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> Cosmo's like we found them. <laughs> Uh, it might be a translation specificity, but like they're like we we found them. They're actually they're they're okay. And Bess is like still doing his best to hold it together, but he still like emphatically is like, "What did you just say?" And then like be- like they're okay, they're alive. Like he he like asks him to repeat himself like three fucking times because he refuses to hope. <laughs> um. And he's and <laughs> I he, love Bess. Like, I really love he's Bess. Like, he's like we rescued. He, we we found Carl. We rescued. We we rescued them. And like and they're both alive. Like Carl is alive. 
yes, how's Jolliver? He's not good. And Bess is pretty much just like, I'll take it. <laughs> Fucking work. We, we can deal I'll with that. I'll take it. I'll take it. We can deal. We have Rappo. We have Rappo can fix him. Rappo can't fix death. And so, finally, um, the, so then the battle, a battle seemingly starts, but then suddenly the narrator cuts in. <laughs> And the show ends yeah, on, it's like, the, well, and then like the, the show comes to its final four minutes. It's like they're, they're, it's not even like the the, the battle, like yeah, the, the the battle is ensuing, but they're but they're basically like, okay, let's just get the fuck out of here. And then as soon as they hit the DS drive, as soon as they hit the DS drive, because they crashed into the ship to in order to, because that that was their plan, because they were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna ram the the flagship, because no one's gonna shoot at their own yes. flagship. Um, and which was a good plan. Yes. I, I like I like how like Hatari just like face plants like really hard. Yeah, that's good. Um and and so as 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 soon as they're like okay we 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 got our guy we got our boys let's go. Uh the the E-Day just like makes Corella's womb start glowing. And then the narrator's like fucking Poochie died on his way back to his home planet. Um and then the Ide decided the hatred in Doba's heart was too much for everything, so then it now destroyed the solo ship and all life in like, the universe. Yeah, like, he, like, the narrator basically gave the sum, gave the fucking TV guide summary of what the episode, of what the last episode was probably gonna be, um, as, yeah. if, as the ending credits played, like, honestly, that's the fucked up thing, like, it sucks, it sucks that that was the circumstances of that sequence, cause, like, I liked that sequence a lot it was this fucked up tr like bittersweet bittersweet bad it was like a bad ending like quote unquote the bad ending but it was this it, it was presented so beautifully of like everybody's souls just becoming one with the universe um and so i was I w i'm really torn up about it because it's like i love I love all of this in concept, but this execution is just so nakedly we didn't fucking have time to do it. It's so, yeah, because what is, there is a lot, like, I feel under the circumstances of that sequence, I feel Tomino really did, really did, like, get blood from the stone, like, he fucking... I was really, I was honestly expecting something along the lines of, like, there's something specific I'm trying to remember that I watched. Oh, fucking, oh, fucking, uh, the last two Star Wars movies. <laughs> Where <laughs> they, each one probably could have been its own fucking trilogy, but instead they just went, what if we just made sure that nobody stopped, ever stopped? What if we just made sure that every scene was as tight and quick and fast as possible? So we dumped all the information in this in this fucking two-hour film, uh, even if we sacrifice any sort of nuance or hanging on events or giving anybody time to process any fucking thing and have any thoughts about it. Uh, that's what it would I was gearing up for. But what actually happened was Tomino took like the like the most important chunk of the beginning of the f finale episodes he was writing the most important chunk in the middle and the most important chunk at the very end <laughs> and just sort of had them have yes. one and then the other and then the other <laughs> which is a way of doing it uh 
that's kind of how how 0079's couple final episodes is just the pace just moves lightning fast which is why I think Encounters in Space is the best Gundam movie because it really does get it lets it gives a lot of the stuff in those last four episodes there's time so to much breathe. breathing room in that movie that movie's fantastic Encounter like because once again like if, if the first Gundam movie's the weakest because the pace is breakneck yes like, so much information is given to you in, in the first movie, but the second and third one's pace is yeah. way better. I think it works. Because the second I one also cuts out one, the most. The first one still ends up working just because it's 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 still a long fucking movie. If they tried to make that 90 minutes, it would have been a bad film. Like Gideon, a contact. <laughs> yeah. Can you... We'll talk about that next time. Uh, very briefly, because it's the next thing we talk about. We're going to smash a contact and be invoked into one mm-hmm. episode. Uh, which we're going to be doing immediately next, yes. right? We're not going to... We're So we decided instead of starting Yamato Part 1, we're just going to go... We're just going to wrap up Ideon because I don't. I, I thought that Twitch wouldn't be able to wait, and I was right. Yes, you were. Also, I can't wait. Also, mm-hmm. I can't wait. Because if Twitch was like, let's do Yamato first, I'd be like, are you sure? <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I want to... Uh, can, we, can we do... Can we just go... Can we just do Be Invoked? I want to watch Be Invoked right now. God, it's... Uh... <laughs> I can't. I can't. It's already fucking. It's already fucking midnight, and I and I already was like, cause like my uh J JB, which is what my wife goes by now, uh JB was like uh, streaming earlier. They were they started a new save file uh, of uh, Yakuza Six. Now that now that they have their own PS4, um, and they were streaming that. And then as soon as they finished streaming, I was like, hey, can I? Uh, I know this is like my only fucking consistent day off ever and we we're spending the day together but also i need to record a three-hour fucking podcast real quick uh so uh, i should probably spend the rest of my evening with my wife that's fine we will do yeah i can honestly i can probably knock out a contact tomorrow and then be invoked i can do the next day i could do that yeah yeah because i want to watch be invoked uh so let's let's wrap up uh thoughts on eday on the show it's where if if anything we've described about it has tickled your fit like if you've ever looked at whatever Edan is like whatever information you can glean about what's good about Edan if you really think I'm talking to like the listener uh if you really think like I like the the themes or just like the the shit the, the cool shit in this show like I want to know if it's worth putting up with the rough parts yeah yeah the rough yeah, and, you know like uh, that, that, that is coming from somebody who is normally... I am normally so fine with anybody who ever says, like, I don't feel like putting up with the rough parts of this thing. Like, totally fair. Honestly fair. But I really think, you know, the awkward pacing in the beginning and just how abrasive the main cast is, I think if you can really vibe with what this show does... And you can really appreciate the slow burn because it is a slow burn. Like I was on this show from the jump. I smelled yeah. the show was stepping in from the jump. Like as soon as the E-Day fucking v- v- you're gone, those fucking buff clan guards who were about to shoot those children in like episode I don't know what was like eight or something, like f- like four yeah. or five. I think they were still on planet solo. And then like nothing, nothing that weird happened for a minute. Like as soon as like that that's what we're dealing with it is a slow burn and it does slow it does exponentially ramp up until we get to these last like six like five six episodes like honestly honestly yeah, these, last ten, these episodes. last 10 episodes like the last 10 episodes are a fucking banger of an arc um it's it's 
It's worth it. Like, I say, like, from the episode where Moira dies going forward, it's all exceptional. Like the, the, every, like, every episode of this show really does increase in quality. It's a steady increase. Like, every episode's better than the last one. Like, for real. Like, I feel like, yeah, like, I feel like the first seven episodes are probably the weakest, and I think that's just because of, like, the snail's yeah, pace and, and of again, it. Yeah, like, and again, if you really can't hang, I... I really want to. I really want to believe that you probably can just look up whatever episode the fucking clip show one is, watch that, and then watch the rest of the episodes that take place after that one. You can probably do that, and you're fine. Yeah, like, yeah, like honestly, I'd say like the first forty minutes of a contact, and then start at like episode eight. A contact? No, honestly, no. Don't watch a con- don't watch a contact <laughs> first. I don't recommend A Contact if you've never seen the show proper. I watched A Contact first. Um, fucking makes. Well, I'm saying because don't don't go to A Contact straight to be invoked. I'm saying like watch the first forty minutes of A Contact and then jump into episode eight. I I think the clip show I think the clip show does a better job than A Contact. Okay, I I need to watch the clip show again because I actually I think I skipped it, it. It's way better. Uh. A, okay, because I a, believe a contact you. makes so many narrative leaps that we'll get into. Like, I don't, I don't like it. Um, it, it assumes, it assumes too much. It doesn't do any explaining. Even that, like, the narrator's not even fucking there. Um, so far, I'm sure he's at the end. But yeah, but but regardless, like, I, I, rec- I, I think the the 30 minute clip show summarizes the first seven episodes better than that feature length motion picture. Once again, I think a contact was mostly made because, like, uh, it was. It's a, It's not even ninety minutes. It's only like eighty mm. something. And I feel like it was just there to be like, last time on yeah. Edeon. They kind of gave like a best, like an Edeon clip show where it's like, oh, and people are like, oh yeah, yeah, that has that happened in the show because like, this the show Edeon didn't go to syndication like Gundam yeah. did, and like, also watching a show in syndication means you needed to watch thirty nine weeks in a row to get all the yeah, episodes. There's like, there's no binging. There's extremely little home video at this point, if any at all. Well, I think Japan might have had Betamax at this point. Yeah, I think, but like, I don't think TV shows were. I think only movies yeah. were on that now. Like, so you're not getting TV shows yet. They didn't start doing that till like the end of VHS. Yeah, I I think about that a lot because when you when you think about old movies and shit, and and like you know when when I was when I was younger, I definitely always had these thoughts about like 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 late 20th century like 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 the like the early the early notions of cinema as ongoing franchises and i would always think to myself like why did they always do such a piss poor job of like giving a fuck about like continuity between films and that was because by and large if if you were seeing a sequel you probably didn't see the first installment uh, except or barely it, remember it because you saw exact, it like three years exactly. previously, like once. You saw, you saw it once or twice in theater, like twice if you really fucking liked it, in theaters. And then unless somebody put it on the TV, which, you know... F- 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 Didn't start happening until like yeah, the 60s. like you probably don't remember any fucking thing. You, so they can just replace actors and actresses or they can just like make up plot points that weren't a thing that directly contradict the first fucking movie. Catwoman can go from being a black woman to a white woman. <laughs> That happened on the Adam West show for a while. Catwoman was played by a black actress, and she got played yeah, by a white right. actress. She was, it was Eartha Kitt. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name, but that yeah, that is her. She's fucking great. Um, but yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, like all of the Universal monster movies. Like, there's so many of those, and none of them have any fucking thing to do with the other one. But all of the monsters are there all the time. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, like, uh. It's 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 a fun disregard for yeah. continuity. 
uh, once and like uh, yeah once again fuck continuity fuck shit making sense just make good just make, tell good stories and so uh, would you i recommend we don't we recommend yeah. Eon. i i highly recommend Eon. i say just muscle through the first seven episodes i mean i know people who fucking watch entire fucking shitty arcs of shonen manga yeah um they're shonen shonen anime yeah um i i i think yeah, I, I think there's a lot against it, but o I think there's a lot against... There's a lot to work your way through, but I think that's only because Ideon is so disinterested in being being a story that we're typically fed, especially in the shonen anime space. Um, Definitely. So, Can you imagine that this, like... I, I, like, no, no shade on God Sigma, <laughs> but, like... Can you imagine, like... Or Go Lion that comes out like a year or two later. Like, can you imagine going from Ideon to Go Lion? You'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, um, it's. Like, I can understand why a kid would not want to watch Ideon as a child. I can understand yeah. that. This is not a fun show. I would not have liked this if this was on Toonami. This probably would have would have freaked me out. This show would have done well on Adult Swim. Sa Saturday night Adult Swim yes. when they showed anime. Hell yeah, this would have gone well on like run. when that br the, or that the the, Yo, the um tonight midnight run. Imagine if they showed a contact and be invoked on midnight run. That that would have awakened a, a, people. I think that would have awakened people like people who watched space like Space Odyssey yes. when they were kids. Like that would have awakened. Yeah, honestly, it it wasn't until last year. It wasn't until 2019 that Ideon was licensed in America. And even in Japan, apparently, uh, before the Blu-ray release, and I know that anime and Blu-rays, anime, Blu-rays, and DVDs are really expensive in mm -hmm. Japan because they still rent over there. <laughs> so, because uh, rental stores are still a big market, so that's the way you usually watch animes, you just rent mm -hmm. it. Because buying a whole box set is like, I think the Evangelion Blu-rays are something like $500. Jesus. Or something astronomical like that. Which is why if you import anime, like, because they do have subbed anime that you can import, like, all the Aniplex stuff, like Madoka and the Monogatari franchise. It's like, for, for Baki Monogatari, it's like, it's like $90 for 12 episodes. Huh. Or like $120 for, for a box for a 12-episode series. But then again, they also, all, all of their releases are, like, deluxe with art books and everything. So it's like, that's, according to a friend of mine, that's why Sentai Filmworks made the Galactic Heroes Blu-ray so expensive was to per was to prevent um, cross-importing. Ah. Because then Japanese fans would have bought the American one, because they do that a lot, because they're cheaper. <laughs> That's funny. And they can just turn off the subs. Mm -hmm. That's actually hysterical. And so, like, you... yeah, because that, that's just, in like, otaku have spent so much money. Like, manga, though. Manga in Japan is fucking cheap sure. as shit. My my friend bought like the entire Getter manga collection for like I think it was like sixty dollars for all of it. Meanwhile, I just spent sixty dollars on the entirety of Devilman, <laughs> <laughs> or like seventy dollars on the entirety of Devilman. So it's like I don't know, it's a bit different. But like apparently, Edeon's, uh box sets were like exorbitantly expensive because of how limited the run of production was. Because Edeon was not an appreciated series whatsoever; it was very much a cult classic. Oh sure, and 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 I I can see that. Like this this reeks of cult classic. This reeks of this reeks of this show does not have mass appeal, but whoever likes it would fucking die for it. Cause that's me right now today. Cause like that's 
I've I've listened to a music podcast, and one of the um, hosts said that like the, no, not everybody bought the Velvet Underground's first album, but everybody who did started a band. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I think that was Edeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not everybody watching Edeon, but everybody who did went on to become a prolific anime yeah. director. Uh, Edeon is is incredible. I this show is incredible, and I think the the little the the fucking garnish on top is is fucking be invoked. The fact that it does have a solid conclusion and probably one of the best endings Tomino's ever done. God, I just want to watch be invoked right now. Soon. Yeah, so um any final thoughts? Um I um I can't wait. I can't wait to I can't wait to get fucked up. Me either. Uh we have a new iTunes oh, review. Oh yay so let me let me pull that up. I'm gonna clackety clack. I'm just gonna cut it to win us um us reading it. Do we have any emails or no? Okay, uh, I'll just tell us the emails then. Uh, we have a review. It's um fa- from Kyle J. Sum. Dope, funny, and informative. This is a great podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Please, please rate us five on iTunes. It makes us more visible. Gets us more listeners. Uh, it makes us feel good. We'll read all your reviews on on air. Uh, even if you don't like iTunes, please just do it's it for fine. us and it's never fine. use it again. Uh, yeah, read us five on iTunes, or even read us one. Be honest. Tell us that we suck. Um, okay, oh, but we won't it's read... It's better than you the can, silence. You can tell us that we'll suck, but we won't read it on air unless it's five stars. <laughs> you will read five-star ones on you air. You will rate us five uh, stars if you want to, but, for, like... If you want us to acknowledge your roast of us, it's got to be five stars. It's got to also help us in some way. That's the we agreement. Will, we will lay ourselves low on air for you. We will. Because we're sluts. <laughs> but, yeah, um, once again, we'll read them online. Uh, you can email us at metrospective at gmail.com. We are at metrospective on Twitter. Uh, both of us are trying to reduce our Twitter usage for mental health reasons. Uh-huh. But I, I do still I do still run them. Basically, like I don't have a main anymore, so I'm using like my side projects as an excuse to still to like break that fast and still be on Twitter. Um, but it's it's great because it's just like the handful of slightly it's... related accounts. Like Metrospective, I follow like Colin Spacetwinks and like Minofsky article and fucking Tom Asnable and Austin Walker because it's like I follow. It's also a lot more curated. Yeah. You're not following New York Times yeah. with Metrospective and looking at news articles and people arguing about uh, politics. Yeah. Um, so I, I do still get a little bit of it, but it's mostly all, like, fucking, like, mech opinions and cool Curated. images. And just w- with the occasional, like, po- political shit, because it's like, everybody, because who can't acknowledge the world's on fire at this point? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of hard to um, not. But it's it's just enough. It's kind of hard to be the, the this is fine dog. It's hard to be problem ha- a question hound. <laughs> Somebody, uh, somebody fucking, somebody fucking photoshopped, like, 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 fire, like, firefighters, like, breaking into his apartment and rescuing the dog. And Casey Green was like, hell yeah, like, this is good content. (laughs) Finally. That's what, somebody should draw, should redraw just Bess on the, um, (laughs) bridge of the, on the bridge of the solar ship, just lasers and fire, and it's being like, this is fine. I mean, that's, that's pretty much being invoked, just, (laughs) this is fine. (laughs) I am a okay with what is happening right now. 
As he just melts into a skeleton. He's like fucking like his his girlfriend behind him, fl- floating in midair, glowing, just like beams of light shining out of her eyes and out of her like torso. This is fine. <laughs> I oh god, I I I've come to love the cast of this show so fucking much, Tooch. They're great. <sighs> okay. Um. We'll be back next week to finally put the cap on Ide on. And we'll we we shall invoke the E Day. Until then, with we, uh, we cry yeah. at robots. We cry at robots. I cry at this song. This song's so fucking good. It's, it's great. It's good. Kizu,